mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! Talk live. 
everyone. Thanks for listening and tuning in to our lovely little, what, what is this, a podcast, technically? Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, no, I fucking love the podcast uh, method of communication. Like, really simple syndication. Yeah. It, it is exactly what it says. It, it is really simple and apparently completely, I mean, impractical to stop. When I first uh, heard the term podcast, I was like, I got to go look this up. How does one cast for pods or whatever, right? You know, I, I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, so it's really just you recording something and putting it online and people listening to it or downloading it. Yeah. In its basic form, that's what it is. Yeah. And like to your point, RSS, really simple syndication. Mm-hmm. RSS is an accurate descriptor of what exactly happens so yeah it, do you remember the phrase oh it's a syndicated television show Ooh, <laughs> syndicated that, that word actually still carries some weight if you uh, tell somebody that uh, yeah on uh, saturday nights i appear on a nationally syndicated radio broadcast it's true free talk live they're like oh that sounds more impressive than like okay i have a podcast because everybody has a fucking podcast now right so this is what's fucking retarded about this so syndicated Ooh, smooth corporate powerful if yeah, they were a metal a band structure. they would be syndicator <laughs> syndicator yeah but if you work for a syndicate well don't put that on your resume yeah i mean unless you're trying to go to work for perhaps a competitive syndicate <laughs> well and so what would a syndicate be well everything actually has some level of syndication in that Different businesses work together to make a thing. That's true. That's that's literally all the word means. What uh, we failed to mention uh, anything of actual relevance to the introduction of this particular program, but outside of the name, I think we did say welcome to Beer we Talk did. Live, episode sixteen. Mm-hmm. We're old enough to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, that'd be sixteen years. Well, if sixteen were when you can if get sixteen your episodes permit. were podcaster years, then yeah, we we would be old enough to drive. I'm just making these things up. I there are no rules. No, I'm just thinking about how subjective what an episode is is. <laughs> if it's me, you get really angry at you for like five minutes. Am I having an episode? <laughs> I could describe it as that. Where does the word episode come from? What's the etymology of that? I don't know. Me neither. I've never looked you it up. Stumped my etymology. <clears throat> Perhaps one day I'll be in front of a machine in which I could, you know, inquire all of the world's knowledge to find the answer to said Hocus. And but, furthermore. Uh, but until that, that time somebody. comes, I think I'm just gonna continue to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else? Oh yeah, uh the telephone number because we do take yes. take calls. Uh six zero three 283-6160. We've got somebody on hold right now. We'll get to them momentarily. Uh, in the studio for Beard Talk Live, it's uh, we're we're down a beard. We've got 33% less beard. I don't know. Maybe a little more than that. Might there's there's a paucity of beards. There, there, yeah, we're we're absent some beard. We, we hope for more beard soon. But uh, you know, if it doesn't come, we'll we'll make do with the. The beardos that are here, and that is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. And Pigless Mountaineer. 
16 episodes. No one can actually understand that any time that I say it, apparently. Well, and I was, when you're like peakless, when I was like, what is your, you know, when I was trying to write it down to uh, make a, a note of who was on what episodes. Now, the last person that uh, that announced that they had r- realized what my name was, uh, well, I had oh, to slow had to it down. It. You had to explain it to me. Because I thought you said Dickless Mountaineer. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, there's no way that this guy's claiming to be dickless, I, which is fair. Oh man, I, good thinking like, there. Wow, I that never crossed my mind, but that is hilarious. <laughs> A beakless mountain here. I didn't know mountaineers had beaks. <laughs> Got a mythological I, world am I living in? When when you said it, all I could remember was, uh, do you remember the prices right? Oh yeah. Do you remember that mountain climbing game? <laughs> And it just it keeps going up and up and up, and if it goes too far, it falls. That's what I thought of. Except that has a peak, so I don't know why I thought of that. But I was just like peakless mountaineer. You mean like the Price is Right game? That's okay. where my brain went. Okay, so imagine that, <laughs> but without the part where it falls off, and with like metal. Oh, there you go. Instead of okay. Um, we should get this out of the way. Uh, the seven words. Shit, piss, piss fuck, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. All right, very well. Mm, syncopated? Yes. Uh, perhaps one day we'll hire, like, vo- vocal coaches and we can, you know, spring a harmony or something. I don't know. All right. It might be too much to ask, but, you know, we'll see. You never know where the beard will take you. Well, if you don't ask, how are you supposed to get it? Do you have? I was going to ask this because, like, we we rarely actually talk about beards here on Beard Talk Live. <laughs> um, but do you notice, uh, like, do you have a mark in time in your memory banks, like before I had beard and after I had beard? Mm, Is that- I actually have a a so uh, when you grow your hair long mm-hmm. uh, or dreadlocks, especially, mm-hmm. or when you grow out a really ro- long beard. Mm-hmm. People very often ask how long it took to grow. Yes. And I, so my sense of time is about as bad as my my remembrance of names, okay. which is like legendary bad. Yeah. So there is actually a very specific date of when I shaved last. So do you remember, like when you're going through your memories, do you sometimes remember something and then out of the blue be like, that's before I had the giant beard. <laughs> like, does that ever come up? Oh, I, I just never shaved. Okay. Like I trimmed. Like, like I, I tried it a couple times. Believe it or oh, not. Oh, I had to. Oh, one of the worst parts ever. I shaved it off to get a corporate job. Mm. I think it was at a yeah. fast food station. Uh, yeah. It's a corporate job? I know. Well, no, any job where you're working for a corporation yeah, no, is a corporate I, job. I, I get it. I know. I, I, I've been there and I've done it. I've had to bite the bullet and like, believe it or not, the captain at one point had hair. Uh, it was not short. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I had to bite that bullet and, and I'm so sad that I did because then of course, later on in life, you know, I go bald, right. And I'm like, eh, it's time to just shave it all off and, you know, be a human band roll on and life will be great. And I have no bite problems. The bullet, like, be the bullet. Like to be quite honest with you, I started getting laid more often when I shaved my head than when I had long hair and I was a musician type. Right. So like you would think that that'd just be like a, you know. Not a shoe in, but like a you know a, a high on the list of things that like chicks looking to bang rocker dudes would look for is long hair, right? right. But I shaved my head, man, and like all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, <laughs> should have done this years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's metal and you've got the beard, then it works perfectly. The beard, I agree, just because I I get a five o'clock shadow at noon or something. 
you know, <laughs> one o'clock. And so one of those, huh? like, well, and it, it takes a while for me to actually shave. Not like long, a little longer than probably a normal dude, but not so long that you're like, dude, you're like a girl in there. Right. You know, but like it takes. And so I was just tired of like, I wanted to be able to shave and get the fuck out. Right. Cause you know, I mean, you're in a crunch for time trying to get to work in the morning, whatever that kind of a thing. And so I was like, Maybe if I grew the sideburns and and the goatee and I just had to shave all around that, like the neck and the cheeks and all that, that would cut my shaving time in half. And I could get out of the bathroom faster when I'm, you know, because you wake up 15 minutes before you got to be out the door to get to your job or whatever, right? You know, you're on that like, now time, time to get up and go. Let's shit shower and shave, get the fuck to work, right? Right. And so you're trying to like, and so with me, I'm always looking for a more efficient way to do things. And so I was like, if I just... You know, grow some burns and a goatee. I only have to shave half the the mass, so it'd be like only mowing half of your lawn, right? You know, or figuring out how to mow less of your lawn so that you had to work less, right? It just seemed to make sense to me, and so that's how it became. And so now it just stays. I'm really digging it, though, man. Yeah. Like, I I put up. A, I had the the beanie on, right? I got this like, I don't know it looks like a Brooklyn, you know, fucking beanie cap, mm. like something the Italians would wear in old school. Brooklyn and then I put my my hoodie up on top of that and then I just caught a reflection of myself in somebody's car as I was walking on the street you know parked car and uh looked in the window and I was like I do look wizardly because <laughs> the, the hoodie's got the right. point at the top the behind it or whatever and so uh, yeah I was like like if I had a staff they would absolutely assume that I should get like a scepter or something <laughs> right. right something something that looks wizardly just walk around town with it all the time <laughs> You know, I actually do advise that practice just to see what it's like. Just spend like a day or a week or something walking everywhere with a staff. Would you like to see my staff? <laughs> <laughs> There's a pickup line. Would you uh, like to meet my staff? That's a uh, old Tom Lycus bit from Tom Lycus is a well, radio guy. And, and that's one of the. So I know that part of that is that they are literally accepting that you have a weapon everywhere. Your beard is a weapon? No, no, your oh, staff. Oh, the scepter, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or the scepter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, so literally, uh, I, and this blew my mind when I figured it out, the reason that the scepter exists as the symbol of uh, of nobility, of rulership, yep. uh, of, you know, being the king. So if you have a sword, you kill people. But if you have a club then you can beat that filthy peasant he'll learn his lesson and go back to working for you let's uh let's take care of this right now uh 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 beard talk live who the fuck is this please you'll be helping you Zaib. i helped you to hunt a giant man killer when will i be paid the whiskey money which i was promised all right, uh, Major Payne from Michigan is calling. Uh, I have a question for both you, Major, and you, Peakless Mountaineer. Shoot. And that is, I've flown in the last three years three times. Mm. Pretty sure. Not more than four, but I'm pretty sure it was three. And what I did not see, not Nazi, but what <laughs> I did not see uh, every time I flew, I saw people in like wheelchairs, right? Folks helping, pushing the wheelchair, that kind of a thing. But I did not see anybody with a cane. Now, I, I do own a cane. I once uh, had a, a back thing and I needed the cane to walk for a period of time while I was on medication and healing. And so 
I do own a cane, and it's one of these, you know, it's a dark color, but it's the aluminum old man cane that you see at like the right mm-hmm. aid with the big yeah, rubber the handle four on the split end. at the bottom. Doesn't have the four split, single, no? single foot. Okay. But it's that same style, but with just the single foot, mm. right? And it's a dark color, so it doesn't quite look like an old man cane. Mm. And I like wearing dark colors, so it kind of matches my outfits or whatever. But I didn't see one person with a cane in any of those times that I flew. So I'm wondering, can you fly with a cane? Hmm. That's a very good I question. I have not an answer for you, but I knew they used to make a cane with a foil inside of it. Oh, they a very fucking used to. Sword. Are you kidding me? Do you have any idea well, how many okay. of those I've seen? They're great. Yeah, okay, so it was created long ago. Corrupt me. My bad. <laughs> no, man, you can get everything on the internet. And those are awesome. Also, so we, of course you can get them on the internet. Uh, uh, major, of you course, know, it, it depends on the quality you want to buy. I don't think we you could corrupt you either, true Major. Spring steel. <laughs> true right. spring steel, it has to be properly heat treated. Mm. You know what's a great a way to oil. harvest spring steel? The, the, the springs that are on your car are spring steel. Yeah. So that was an absolutely great way to harvest some steel that you could use to make blades. Oh. I know that. You know how you to need, make magnetic steel? Yeah, yeah, you need you need the the right combination of uh, of traits to make good steel for for swords. How do you make magnetic magnetic steel? Magnetic steel. It's all steel? about the carbon, dude. It's all about the carbon. Mm. Don't you need a magnet to make a magnet? Magnetic steel too. You can make magnetic steel. You just got to lay it out north to south. I think it takes three heat treatments if I remember correctly. To orient the particles in all the same direction. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Technically, yep. you line molecules. That's interesting because uh, magnetism is the basis of audio tape. This is the pre-digital era when everything was on, you know, cassette, eight-track, VHS, mm-hmm. reel-to-reel, uh, multi-track tape, twenty-four, two-inch, twenty-four-track tape, uh, that kind of a thing. And so, magnetism is how sound is reproduced. And all you would do is, you know, put a, a needle, quote unquote, down on some tape and cause the magnetic particles that are floating in oil, by the way to be reoriented in such a way that when you play it back, it reproduces the music that was played into it. And All right, so, let's get back to steel. Right, and so if it sounds like uh, making magnetic steel follows that same process, except mm. the process for making magnetic steel would be the process one would use to erase a large quantity of tape. Mm. Well, let's just get back to making quality steel. If you take low-carbon steel mm-hmm. and... I know you've all seen Smiths beating it on a hammer when it's red hot and all the sparks flying out of it. Yep. That's the impurities. Yep. And uh, the samurai. Oh, and uh, just to let the listeners in, uh, low carbon steel is exactly what it sounds like. It's steel with a low amount of carbon in it because the difference between iron and steel is the carbon. So it's got to have some amount. Go ahead. So anyway, in the, uh, the first two or three, Two quenchings of making a proper sword, you want to use dirty oil because hmm. it has a high amount of carbon in it. Right. Stuff that's been run through your crankcase, yeah. got all that old antiquity of the dinosaurs, hmm. it can get sucked into it. But, uh, oh, but, God, uh, they, they, there were so many tricks to the samurai sword, they used to lay a thin clay along the side of it when they were doing the final heat treatment and the uh it would make the spine 
weaker than the blade, so it would bend. You, I mean, mm -hmm. the samurai swords yeah, were bad, more badass than the the fucking uh, the the broadsword. Yeah, you need a, a different temper for either the inside or the back of a blade. Uh, so if you if you want your sword to, because it can either be like hard and it can be sharp, but the things that are hard and sharp break easy. Or it can be malleable, but you can't really put uh, an edge on something malleable. So if you want to do it properly, you have to have uh, a, either a center or a back of your blade, depending on if it's a single or double-sided blade, that that has some spring to it. Yep, yep. So I mean, what I, but I called into you guys. I, originally, we were talking about China a while back. Okay. And uh, you're the tiger. And uh, that's that's what kind of reminded it's me. It's the of, year uh, of the tiger. <laughs> yeah, but you remember I called and I said, "What do you give me this crime?" Which I was promised to hunt a great man killer, right? And uh, all of the old movies were about the great white hunter trying to chase down the man killer. Okay. And, and, and then the what darkness style and. Now it's now now the beast has come to rest. The year of the tiger is upon China, and I thought they'd. I, I was hoping it was going to be the year of the dragon, because they had created this beast. Well, when a man killer is a man killer, and I reckon that's good enough. Well, they both have uh, a lot of that like young energy, rapid change to them. Yeah, I got better news. How about free beer? How about free range burrows <laughs> being able to breed? The problem that I have with free beer is usually uh, if the claim turns out to be true, and that is you you go to some place that's offering free beer, it is usually the shittiest of fucking beers. Well, of course. Now this is Budweiser, and this is going to be you donated. Your case. Whoever I, wins the world uh, desert. <laughs> I mean, no, this is there's worse, but you got to look for it. This is Budweiser, dude. I'm talking about donated beer from the World Cup. Oh, I know. And I, I, we, we covered this one it's on the show, It's an awfully actually. big cup if everybody in the world has to drink from it. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, so Qatar is a Muslim country, and duh, Muslims don't drink. So, yeah, you can't no. sell alcohol in a Muslim country. Weird. But they made a contract with Budweiser to mm -hmm. sell their product sure. during all Well, that's kind days. of on Budweiser, honestly. Well, I don't know, but anyway, Budweiser... Seriously, like... Let's cut to the fucking chase here, Major. Million. How do I get some of this free fucking beer? Well, I don't know, because the world... The, the US They're distributing it at the World Cup. Thing. We're not so you know that thing that everyone else in the world cares about, and Americans are like, "Oh, right, soccer." Let let, let me answer for a minute. Oh, come on now, dude. Hear me out. But U.S. lost their uh, their their standing for the World Cup today. Oh. Whoever wins the World Cup will get all Is Mexico still donated to their country. Ah. Oh. Sweet. So the, the World Cup comes with a giant beer prize. That's actually way cooler than the original it's story, I think. It's the biggest damn party you ever saw. I think it's cool. Look, I know the Olympics... Oh, man, that city's going to fucking burn, I, dude. I know the Olympics have uh, kept adding things as, quote, sports, unquote, to the litany of things that they now have at the Olympic Games. Uh, what was it, every four years, right? 
Uh, have they added uh, some sort of a beer drinking competition? Because I know they have like Olympic bowling now, right? I'm like, well, okay, I guess technically bowling is a sport. You know? No, That's- no, they have not added beer drinking, nor have they added like uh, Indian burning. Um- <laughs> These are all sports I might partake in so far. Let's see if the list grows. <laughs> um. Is darts in yet? Because I could totally see them adding darts. If bowling's in, I would think darts would have to be in. <laughs> you know. I just, Major, are darts an Olympic sport? I do not know. I'm happy that pistol is. That's great. Oh, all the shooting sports should be included. All the shooting. Javelins. Dude, I, when I was a young warthog, I could stick a double-bladed axe from about 35 feet. Nice. And we used to have what we call the Saxon test. And that's where the blade sinks and the hilt is dead against the trunk. So you can literally find I know how hard that's it is to throw a thing like that. The fucking gate, dude. Wow, did we just include a visual element to our show? Uh, the cameras were not switching. And uh, uh-huh. one of our crack team of producers uh, noticed... And uh, has now corrected the issue. So for those of you tuning I, in, I watch that freetalklive.com. Yeah, I know I know how unbelievably hard it is to sink it to the hilt by throwing it. Uh, I did find some information, uh, at least as of April 27th of this year, 2022, darts is not yet an Olympic sport. So... You know, I think that might be their line. They'll be like, "Okay, no, nothing more traditional (laughs) as a as a stupid manliness piss contest than darts." Darts. We're almost an Olympic sport. (laughs) Whereas, like, I can imbibe more of this poison than you without passing out has existed for longer than humans. I think that's your barometer of like what a sport is or isn't. Is it in the Olympics? Then it's not a sport, right? Or it is a sport. If it's not, then it's not. So no. like if that's your barometer and somebody's like, hey, man, you play darts? No, I don't like sports. Well, luckily for you, darts ain't a sport. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, okay, so chess is no, is no, not a sport. No. I'm sorry. It's a game, but it's not a sport. Right, chess is in the Olympics, isn't it? I, it's ridiculous. Major, you are, you, are you an Olympic sport? Dominant. What do you, if you, you, have, you... Have, go ahead. Yeah, have a predominant blade. You can't be a little prick and make the Olympics. That's a dirt. If uh, if you were an Olympic sport, what would your sport be, Major? If I was an Olympic sport, yeah, like would... like what's an Olympic sport that you could win today? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> you sure don't. Well, you sure since everyone is, of course, equal in their ability to be an Olympic athlete. And it doesn't well, take any extra I'm just saying, time. Every, no, what I'm saying is everybody has a forte of some kind, right? Everybody's mm. good at something, right? Uh, here's an Olympic sport I could probably win. Mm. I could probably play electric guitar continuously longer than, like, most people, right? I, I've always I had pretty high endurance for the length of time that I could continue to play, right? So, like... Uh, you know, I'd get together with a band. We'd practice for 45 minutes, an uh, hour and a half, depending on the band uh, and, you know, what we were trying to cover. But then I'd be like, hey, do you guys want to jam some more? No, we're done. You know, <laughs> kind of a thing. Like, oh, but I was just getting warmed up, right? 
Uh, well, from- I reckon we're both well calloused on different fortes. I've been I've been swinging a hammer most of my life, so yeah, I think so, if I had to try to regain one of my ancient skills, I I would take the Cherokee tomahawk. All right, or how about like if uh, there was just a continuous two by four passing in front of you, and you had to put a nail in, you know, every thirty seconds? Could you pull that off for like a long period of time? Uh, you talking about with a gun or a hammer? Oh, hammer. You said you swung a hammer, so I'm just like, the simplest maneuver. Swing that, putting a nail into a two-by-four. Next one comes in front of you. Next one comes in front of you. Next one comes. Could you just be production style like that? Hmm. Well, it takes three swings, even with a good heavy hammer, to sink a 16-penny nail. Even if you're good. And you best not miss. So if the thing's moving, that's problematic. All right. It's a production line thing. Yeah, yeah. If it holds, if it holds still for a second and a half, yeah, I could probably do it. Okay, so the the machine in front of you literally holds a two by four still for you for a minute, whatever it is. It probably shorter than a minute, but like you know, it, dude, if you can't sink a nail in a minute, you're fired. <laughs> Tell you that right now. Uh, mm. Major Payne, the foreman, I've got it. I've <laughs> the got foreman it. on the construction site of Beard Talk Live. So uh, this combines both of your uh, of your suggestions for the for the uh, Olympic sport. Okay. So on the one hand, it will be a uh, a mind altering substance endurance competition, and Ooh. a duration music uh, competition. So we just get increasing levels of uh, of drugs and drumming, Ooh. and I can hold a beat. On an Olympic level, yeah, doing that, yeah, yeah. Do you know what a cajon is? A what? A cajon. Yeah, it's, that's it's my the, left nut. It's a square wooden box, the shape of a, a small home speaker that, like, you could sit on. Uh, and depending on where you tap on it, it makes different tones. It's a musical instrument. Um, people will actually bring them to like gigs where there's like a one acoustic guitar singer, and then they'll just put a mic in front of this thing, and it'll sound kind of like drums. It keeps a beat for you. It's got great sounds. It's got different tones depending on where you tap on the thing. So this sounds like something that you would be cut out for. Tapping on the cajon, keeping right? the beat for a period of time. Yeah, mostly I did the uh, djembe. Now, I, I would also like tap- to see this happen and be wrong because that would be so fucking awesome. Just like everyone in the world who wants to compete in this mm. in one place. Mm. <laughs> mm. So now I have uh, visions of the movie Beer Fest dancing through my head. If you've not seen I the movie. I hate when people tap on my cojones. Makes them swell. <laughs> um, Cajon, not cojones. So the, the bit about the boot actually has a foundation in reality. It's true, yes. Uh, the the mead is uh, traditionally uh, taken by a horn. And if you hold the horn backwards, then it will absolutely go straight into your eyes. Right in your face. Mm-hmm. I, I love the name of the bar, the Schnitzen Giggle, right? It's like, that's a good name for the bar. I recently discovered, uh, so I had the, in, in my head, I had the imaginary series of bars, uh, all named Poor. Like here in town, we've got one called uh, The Poor House. And I was like, oh, how about The Poor Decision or The Poor Bastards? Well, apparently there is a poor decision. There's probably more than one now that I think about it. Uh, and I, I found that out, I don't know, last week or something. I'm like, oh. So I think if you did that, you would be asking for trouble. 
It's kind of like when people name a, a pet Loki. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? You've decided that your pet should be referred to as a trickster god. Mm. Okay. Yeah. There's that. Oh, and it misbehaves a lot. Shocking. <laughs> well, it's like when you name your daughter Hope or Faith. <laughs> you're, you're, you're asking for it. I, I knew a girl who had a horrendous child. I, I don't like to say that about children, but I mean, whew, man, I've known some. This child was a product of, I, I don't even know, got to be abuse and, you know, perhaps some mental illnesses and things of that nature. Just an absolute Captain, I, I, demon I of a I've, kid. Uh, kid, kid I've, I've, hang on. Yeah, hang on, I've seen hang on. girls before. Kid, terrible. Kid was five years old and, like, nobody could contain him. Nobody could, uh, you know, discipline him appropriately to get him to behave in any way, shape, or form. And uh, <laughs> the poor girl broke down. She's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I got to tell you, it's kind of your fault. You named him Levi, and that's an anagram for evil. Hmm. (laughs) And she was like, no, that can't possibly be it. And I'm like, shrug, Hmm. you know, arm shrug, like, you know, and like literally, I have have seen evil incarnate, and like this kid wasn't, like something happened to him to make him the way he was, in my opinion. I don't know what it would have been, but. Well, and and Levi got punished with priesthood. So, like, if you're going to name a kid after a biblical story, know which story you're naming your kid after. Like, the whole thing was, you fucked somebody over, and as a punishment for that, you will no longer be allowed to own land. Mm. You will now serve the rest of the community. You will be dependent on them for your food. Major? I was was an altar boy, and I've got 12 years on you, Captain, so... I've seen a hell of a lot of ugly, and uh, I believe I, I don't think I would say that the church subscribed my mind to evil, but it most certainly did open it up to the relevancy of the impertinence of man. Hmm. Um, I, I, fuck, I don't know how to. Here's here's what church did to me, and I'm talking about like organized church, not just a belief right. in in a in a higher power. Uh, organized religion uh, put this into my head that uh, people are actually much fucking nicer than they actually are. That's what that's what church had me believing. They they oh my they, God. they did not have me at a realistic expectation level of human beings. And to this day, like uh, I will interact with people and like occasionally I've heard this from a, a number of friends, but uh, they'll say something eventually like, you know, sometimes it is really difficult to be your friend. But right. church has the hierarchy. It's like politics does. Church but, has hierarchy. Right, right. But like, what well, it did, hold on, man. But what it did, and if major, they're not accepted into the fucking herd. Well, hierarchy isn't. Yeah, uh, uh, you're, okay. you're, you're not wrong. But but what I'm trying to say is that it just it, doesn't apply to anyway. It, it doesn't apply me, to spirituality. It gave me a false expectation of the amount of goodness in the average human being. Right. Uh, yeah. It does create that. Yes, it Dude, does. My dad was a minister. Do you have any idea how on your best behavior people act right. when you're dealing with the minister and the minister's kid? Right. So, yeah. And we, like, had this whole, like, I mean, it's called a cult. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, maybe it was. Uh, anyway, yeah. they, uh, so we have this very segregated thing where we're like, we're the good people. We're the believers. We believe the actual thing because we study the Bible unlike you and 
okay, so you're the good people, so you have to act like it, right? And on top of that, it's the minister of that. So like super, super anal retentive, really. Yeah. Hey, Major, if you want to hang around, I'm going to put you on hold. You won't be hearing this program, but you're welcome to hang around. There is another call, and I'm going to take it. Hey. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Who is Leon Wilkinson? I don't know. Who is he? Leon, well, he had a beard. He was famous. Was he famous? Yes, he played a bass. Uh, Oh, are you talking about Lemmy? No, 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 no. Leon Wilkinson. He played the bass for Leonard Skinner. Hmm. Leon Russell Wilkinson, April 2nd, 1952 to July 27th, 2001, was the bassist of Southern rock band Leonard Skinner from 72 until he died in 2001. That's from yep. the Wikipedia. Yeah, I think I, there's I, only... When, when there's an opportunity for me to put my name down, like, you know, in writing, like on a guest book or, you know, even at a place where they're like, what's your name? I'll tell them something. I, I like to use Robert Plant, right? Because I hate Led Zeppelin and I figure let's tarnish his name. <laughs> uh i also occasionally will use rick springfield hmm. right uh because fuck that guy um uh, but there are like because these sound like they could be names and if you're talking to people young enough they don't know who these people are they've never heard of robert plant or rick springfield right so i try to use like you know musicians that are older are than you my trying age. to hurt me well i'm just saying that like these are truisms these are things that happen so yeah, you know, you show up and like, or you order something like, oh, what's the name on the order? Like, make something up, right? Use your, you know, somebody you don't like, maybe somebody you like, you know, use a different word or phrase. Yes, that's my name. You know, when they ask, yes, that's what I prefer to go by. That's my pronoun or whatever the fuck you got to say. You know, like uh, you're ordering a cup of coffee. Like, what's the name on that? You're like, Zinjanthropus. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Zinjanthropus. That's just <laughs> Just fun. to make them pronounce something that they don't pronounce every day, you know, and get people, <laughs> people who are also waiting in line for their coffee to have to hear that and go, what the fuck? Who the fuck names their kids Zinjanthropus? <laughs> Rob? So anyways, uh, I'd like to take this conversation into a, a different direction, if that's okay. I don't know. We'll uh, see what happens. Uh, so. Uh, Are you compelling? Uh, no, I, I, I <laughs> was, uh, I've been a follower of a lot of, of uh, different websites and stuff like that. And, and like. Like if I go like to the state of Vermont or if I go to the state of New Hampshire, uh, I notice that th- there's an area in there where you can go where there's you know uh, unsolved you know murder cases and shit like hmm. that. Yep, yep. And it, it seems like there's a lot the of list over in New Hampshire has gotten a lot more longer. You know, Yeesh. and makes me think that. Might be a serial killer loose. Oh. You know? I mean, because some of these people that uh, that were killed back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, I was, you know, young teenager back then, but, yeah, it's amazing how, uh, how the list has since grown. I mean, it's a lot more. Uh, one of the uh, famous ones, it's over... Was in Swansea, New Hampshire. Okay. They uh uh, this woman was on her way back hmm? from, 
don't know if it was from the Tessa Fairground or or from work or something, but she was she was pregnant. She was seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she stopped at seven she stopped at Sea Chords in Swansea uh to go over and get a soda out of the soda machine. And this guy came out of nowhere and stabbed her like twenty six times. So what makes you think so what makes you think that this is part of uh, a serial killer? Are there similar uh, killings? How many of them? Well, I mean, this uh, a person uh, has been known to kill on both sides of the river, going up and down, you know, north and south. They've never found this guy. So, uh, so, so how I mean, many guy, how many killings constitute a serial killer? Do you know? I would say, uh, you know, two, three, maybe four. Too many, if you ask me. All right. Rob, I want to come back to this. Hang on. We have to we have to do something. Stand by. <laughs> We've, oh, Thank there we mind. go. All right. Now, we got to wait at least until the camera faces you. Uh, we have a, a guest beard, <laughs> and we had intended, all right, I think, wait till it passes. At least we have you on video as having a beard officially. Uh, for at least the first frame of the show, I think you can tape it to your chin if you like. Uh, we, sounds like a lot of work. We do, we do require beards here on Beer Talk Live. So I have a beard. That's just you. beneath my skin. Thank you for your compliance. <laughs> You've passed the uh, Beard Talk Live TSA protocol. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Mr. Mark Edge is with us. Thank you. And by the way, the first thing I have to say is since you have abdicated as Intergalactic Space King mm-hmm. and are now the Intergalactic Space Wizard, that's right. I am taking your throne. Okay, You're, you can have it. Good luck. <laughs> There's a lot of pretenders You're and welcome. vassals that are uh... all hail. <laughs> Mark's like, I've had it on Craigslist forever. Nobody's purchased it. Please come and take it. You haul. <laughs> I decided to go with Intergalactic Space Wizard because I, I know the spells to solve so many problems. Uh, some some problems are unsolvable, but um, I know the spells to solve so many problems. And, you know, it's just uh, people don't want to do the hard work of uh, the proper incantations. I was lamenting earlier when I wear my uh, my black beanie cap and then I put my black hoodie up over it. That when I look in like a car as I'm walking down the street, I look wizardly. <laughs> well, I am a higher Not that I'm trying uh, to compete with, with your level of wizardly. I don't think anybody can get there. Uh, the, the, the intergalactic space king suggests exclusivity. Um, wizard does not. Fair, except I honestly believe that we should have precisely whatever the number is, eight billion monarchies. Kings. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Yes. Eight billion monarchies. Okay. Now I know usually a monarchy means that there are subjects, but fuck that. Be the intergalactic space wizard of yourself. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. You too could be a captain as well. Indeed, the Captain Intergalactic Space Wizard. I like uh, Captain Liberty. I consider that as a uh, uh, as giant a... L. <laughs> Who are you, Captain Loser? Okay, <laughs> but it requires a leather jacket and aviator glasses. That's how you know. You don't, you don't have the L on your chest. You've got it on your forehead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like the Wonder Woman headband with just a big L. <laughs> Uh, that's funny (laughs) we'd have to have a shield though would the shield be like not a shield it's just a thing that you wear in your arm that's a giant letter l doesn't really block anything i i'm just thinking of uh the the other people out there that are called captains as far as superheroes go and none none uh, no others have shields it's kind of it's kind of bizarre the the life that 
captain has taken on for me as a, as a human because now when I watch even like a regular show, I, I, I turned on a show the other day, I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's based on a ship in like the 1800s or something, and everybody's calling this guy captain. And so like I'm, I'm in and like, who's calling? Oh, wait, the TV's on, right? The captain. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm not hearing. Vo- no, the TV's on, right? <laughs> you People, are hearing just voices. Saying, somebody just saying captain on the television, right? You are hearing voices. They're just diegetic. <laughs> what, what does diegetic mean? It means part of the scenery. I see. So normally when you're watching like anything, because we are wired the way that we are wired sure. and ma- and music is unbelievably powerful when it comes to emotion. I mean, that's why you're, you're talking about this uh, uh, church venue, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. yeah. I am so in favor of turning yeah. old churches into music venues. Because oh, it, it so is awesome. worship, honestly. Like, it's... Uh, you are honoring and serving a thing by like being a part of that music. And even if you don't yeah. comprehend quite the thing that you're being a part of... Heavy metal concert in a church is a very tribal experience, right? To, to your point, right? It's not... I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it religious, mm. but it's probably a spiritual experience, right? For at least well, most people. Well, I, I tend to think that music is the closest thing we have to the supernatural, um, at least to the ability to control it, right? That's interesting. Um, yeah. I forget who said it, but there was a phrase of, uh, next to silence, that which closest comes to the voice of God is music. Ooh. Sounds right. Nice. I'm, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the the captain uh, appellation. So yeah, yeah. Um, for a little while, I had a catamaran uh, that we would uh, float around on, and uh, the the term captain in the uh, recreational sailing world is just tossed around yeah. like nothing. Right. I mean, you know, every bridge tender, every, you know, just everybody at the uh, marina. Do you own a styrofoam platform that floats in the water that you can get upon? Yep. Yes, you're you captain. are a captain. Yep. yep. And they'll call everybody a captain. I I would tell them I'm not the cap I'm not the captain of this boat. I'm the king. <laughs> My son's the admiral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we voted the captain had to do all the work. Nice. Okay, so your son owns another boat in addition to this one? No, Isn't no, we just, the... we, I just, I promoted him to Admiral. Oh, wait, that's Commodore. <laughs> Commodore and Commodore, yes. yes. So, yes. speaking of Appalachians, you say you have the spells, but no one wants to put in the work. Yes. So, I consider myself a minor hierophant of cryptocurrency. Like, that's the whole point. Everyone gets to be Pope. So, what kind of spells can you share with us? Oh, well, I mean, uh, spells to do anything you want to do in your life. Uh, you know, the it just... Depends on what you want to achieve. What are you hoping to achieve in your life? I'll tell you how you can do it. Mm. That's uh, kind of what a talk if, show host does. Let's see if Major Payne's still on there. Major, are you still there? Oh, good gravy. Hey, uh, we've got uh, we've got the infamous Mark Edge joining us here on Beard Talk Live. Uh, I, you probably didn't hear, but yes, he did don a beard just before he got on the show. And now well, he's I'm- claiming... Oh, there he is again. He's got the beard again. <laughs> now he's claiming that he has spells to accomplish... Anything you want to accomplish. So, uh, Major Payne, what do you want to accomplish? And Mark will attempt to provide a spell for you. Well, I'm just glad he survived his ride with the charter ship on the Tiny Bowl Man. (laughs) The charter ship on the Tiny Bowl Man. Tiny, tiny, tiny bowl, yeah. Tiny Bowl Man. It was an old commercial. Mark and I know, but but Peakless Mountaineer does not know he's too young for the tidy bowl man there used to be a commercial and they would take the back tank off of the toilet and there would be a dude floating in there on like a little boat or whatever and it was for these like you the blue pucks that you put in the to keep your water mm-hmm. blue when you flush that's all the tidy bowl man was gotcha yeah 
I have no idea. This does not add any clarity whatsoever to what I'm the major still, just said. I can think for... of Mr. Clean, but I can't think of what the Tidy Bowl man looked like. Yeah, me neither. I think he might have been wearing like a captain's he a jacket. He, he, he just had a sailor's shirt and a little captain's hat. And oh, he captain's was riding about a, a, I don't know, maybe a six-passenger motorboat. Oh, I thought it was like a canoe or something, even like less than that. Oh, no, he had a motorboat. Uh, Mandela effect. <laughs> Major Berenstain Bears or Berenstain Bears? When he said motorboating, is all I think was big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Which, by the way, Mark, we are uncensored. I don't know how prone you are to cussing, but I, I can I can cuss, but um, you know, it's, do well, you know do you know the seven words in order? Will you no. do it with us, Carlin? Oh, go ahead. Shit, all right. shit, One, two, three. Yeah, he's already doing shit. it. Shit, shit, piss, piss, piss fuck. fuck. Cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Right. And of course, fuck and motherfucker are the same term. And as I understand, you can say uh, tits and piss. Mm, I have said piss i believe or at certainly least pissed somebody, off right in in that context and uh but uh i still think that it is censored on television so and george carlin's bit was the seven words you can't say on television or radio mm. uh, i think radio is I probably got, the more I, forgiving of the two mediums go ahead major i got dumped on your regular program for saying pissing match twice yeah 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 by whom yeah, yeah. probably me no, probably not. I think it was probably Ian. Uh, oh, I called in Ian to, at the end of the show to tell him something that he probably should know. Well, um, you know. Well, no, no. I, I know you're not really good at relaying information. No, I'm just saying you're a uh, you're you're kind of guy. You're the kind of guy who calls the most frequently. <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm a pain in the fucking ass, but I'm a good fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> what was it you wanted him to know? The uh, the 14th Amendment, he needs to file for high-bred counsel. I got the fucking legal books taken away from all the federal prisoners. What is hybrid counsel? Hybrid counsel. That's where you, like, if you got one lawyer or two lawyers, you're liable or legal to sit third chair, bring up interjections and whatnot. Right. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I was denied it because I did not have standing. Now, Ian, this shit is so fucking publicized, I think he can provide standing. Publicized. Well, we have at least one neologism every week, so. It's true. That's our neologism for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Major. Well, there, neologism. I'm, I'm just telling you. I think it's the 14th Amendment. It might be the 6th. But, uh, yeah, hybrid council. Hybrid or hybrid? Hybrid. Yes. Is it like I'm I'm stoned and I'm eating a loaf? I know I am the highest motherfucker, and it's beard dog live. There you go. High beard. No, I want. Are you saying I've been high, advised I need high beard counsel? Are you saying hybrid like H Y B R I D like hybrid. as in the hybrid Toyota? Now I could see a Tolkien word world with a high beard counsel. <laughs> they could, yeah. No, no, just like just like a reclassified parent, a 
plant, a hybrid. Hybrid, okay. I, I once uh, I was playing uh, that Magic the Gathering card game with a group of people, and uh, we got together. I had a, a studio apartment where I had all sorts of musical gear. And like these guys weren't pro musicians by any stretch, but we sat down, we jammed, and I recorded it, and we named that uh, the Incredibly High Council of Hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Major, um, one thing that you... So one thing that you bring up on a fairly regular basis is uh, uh, your boy going to jail. Yep, yep, yep. So I is, just sent him have you uh, have you come to terms with that one? Fuck, dude. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. You I'm say gonna you've got spells for everybody for everything. I mean, this has I'm been a torment. Out. I'm gonna die before he's out. Really? How the I come to terms with that? I don't know how you can. Um, I, you don't have a spell for that? I don't have a spell for that one. As all I can do is, uh, you know, ca- the only thing you can do to cast the spell to uh, get out of prison is not get in trouble while you're in prison. Um, but what about like him as a person? How does he come to terms with the fact that uh, his son is going to do some time? I, you know, gr- grief counseling is what he's got to do. That's terrible. So Mark, I'm sorry that Mark that casts the grief counseling spell <laughs> on the major. Well, Dude, so I, no, I, I mean I, the thing I, is, I, real spells I, you have to cast on yourself, and they have a cost associated with them. Usually, in what we call sweat equity, yeah, like they're a pain in the ass. You got to do them. Like if you want to cast the spell for find a job, well, the right. ritual for that involves going out, getting applications. If it's like your first job, or like you know, different fields have different specializations on this spell, right, right. yeah. But yeah, that's Mark, that's how you cast you that. Warlock? I'm are an intergalactic space wizard. What the fuck is all this casting spell shit? <laughs> a wizard. He's an intergalactic space wizard. So is that why you uh, became more uh, the uh, the power behind the throne? Is because it's uh, it's <laughs> less centralized. It's uh, it's not monopolized. I just found that libertarians didn't take the uh, uh, intergalactic <laughs> space king thing uh, the way that I always uh, intended it. Which hey, was Major, thanks for the call. We're going to chat with Mark for a while. The idea that um, somebody claims the claims rulership over you is laughable. Mm-hmm. And Truly. if <laughs> you know you, they only have power over you if you decide they have power over you, right. and so many people did. I'd wear that crown, and people would say. <laughs> <laughs> Your Highness, and I'd say loyal subject. You know, <laughs> it's hilarious. You would be the not walking, that I'm making uh, fun of them. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's just a joke, right? <laughs> but literally, people go around like the cops and the the prosecutors and the uh, governors and all these people are in charge of them. What's well, the name of the the name of the thing? Uh, the the experiment requires you continue. Oh it's yeah, the, um, Milgram. Milgram, yeah. You're, Milgram. You're the walking Milgram experiment. When you have the crown on, you like everybody shows their Milgram experiment to you. Yeah, right. Not everybody, but like those. Even if they're joking, right? They, you're you're recognizing on a one-on-one basis the yep. Milgram experience live. Well, and, it, it's wild because we were number one. This was beaten into us, and number two, the resistance to this has been bred out of us. By having kings. Yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, you know, the people the people who are most resistant to rulers are all dead. Yes. <laughs> you know, like they all got executed. All the people on this side of that little bell curve, they're dead. But, uh, or imprisoned, which same thing, basically. But many of them um, managed to breed before, you know. it. it oh, you can't, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, you can't well, get rid of any of the species. Well, we're not the species for... Just, 
we're not, we're a small group primate, right? Yeah. And so we tend to defer to people who are within our, you know, peer group if we're going to defer or, right. you know, um, whatever the situation is. Once you get to numbers like 60, they necessarily split and, you know, go again. So it's sort of a Dunbar number of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out everyone has kind of a different Dunbar number. Like we each have right. unique capacities in like how many, how how much we can split the identities of things that we pay attention to. But yeah, there's a, a natural cutoff point where, it, and and that's that's why it's there in the first place. Is it used to be that okay, we could split off into different groups. Do a bunch of you not like this tribe? There's land like right over yep. there. Well, we, the, we could just go there and do our thing. The the question is, is it uh, you? You kind of have to do it the right way, though, because otherwise, then you got yourself a little war on your hands, and um, you know, which women are you taking? You know, what, how many of the resources mm, of the, the tribe are you go, taking? Because they are if, also human. Mark. I like that. <laughs> right. If you're talking in a completely like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? How? Uh, an animalistic society, yeah, right. Then, then, yeah, but like the whole point of human society is that we're not that. Yeah, yeah, like, we're the, well, barely not apes, but we're definitely not apes. Like the the difference is so significant in how we operate as a species from you know, apes, monkeys, and that kind of a thing from primates. Yeah, uh, it, that that like it it stands alone in and of itself as a thing that only we can reason. Right. We can reason. We can build things. We can make tools to make our jobs easier. Right. There aren't a lot of species on planet Earth that does all those things. And uh, if, if you any. believe if you believe in evolution, which I certainly do, uh, it was specifically the trait of women choosing who and who not to reproduce that split us from bonobos and chimps in the first place. It was that very uh, respecting their choice of mate that caused us to be so amazing. I'm not sold on evolution. Right. But I mean, I think it's probably the most likely. Uh, however, I, I, I'm not opposed to uh, floating the ideas of some sort of uh, intergalactic intervention. Right. Some some space people came down, fucked some monkeys and now you've got humans. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even come down on this one, uh, but I do like looking at things and applying sort of reason to it and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was the psilocybic mushrooms that uh, separated us from the from the bonobos or whatever. I like it. That could very well I be think that as was well. part like, of it. Sure. You know, I would entertain that theory as much as yep. somebody wanted to argue it. Well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tom Robbins, I can't remember which one it was that he was in, Still Life with a Woodpecker, Skinny Legs and All. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But, well, yeah. anything, that, anything that's going to uh, prompt a production of neural development after you've matured Sure, I could absolutely see that changing your entire course of evolution. And like the, the one of the reasons that like as much as I despise the state, which is 100%, <laughs> the 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 reasoning for going, "Oh fuck, no one's allowed to do acid ever." is there because it it, it changes your voting patterns because it changes your personal makeup, specifically in terms of openness, hmm. because it literally makes you smarter. Well, I, but in a very specific direction. I don't think that the state reasons in that way. I think what they say is, is um, oh, fuck it. Well, no, I think it just. I mean, you know, if if the, the presumption is is a bunch of uh, old timey politicians from 
what are we talking about, 70 years ago or, mm, you right. know, so decided that uh, Tim Leary um, leading the uh, young youth astray was a bad idea. Right. They're having fun with this. They well, like then it. Then maybe they shouldn't have fucking sent him. That's my yeah. thought. No, so, <laughs> well. so, no, here's the thing. So Timothy Leary, uh, he gets caught once. Uh, he escapes because he was the guy that that made the psychology test for where they put you in the prison. So wouldn't you know it, he got himself put where he can escape. <laughs> they catch him again. <laughs> And he says, you know, I think we can come to an arrangement. And that's where the record stops. <laughs> and then he comes out and he's like, hey, guys, I've got this amazing recipe. You know, anti-war people everywhere. Hey, let's do this instead. You know, learn Buddhism, stare at your navel. Don't worry about making the world a war-free place. Just bring your vibes up, man. Oh, you got and a man in there. I was waiting for it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it, it's a plausible explanation. I don't know, but I uh, I've one of the things is I, I've been thinking about Ian's trial coming up, and sure. um, you know one of the sacraments of the Shire Free Church is Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and the reason um, is there's nothing you can do otherwise to stop war. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, think about it for a second. If you, if, if this is what you want to do, you want to stop war on planet earth. Yeah. What can you do? The Quakers have been asking this question for 400 years. So they do not have an answer. The practical answer, of course, is, you know, uh, go find out where there's a war going on. And I mean like actual skirmish, right? Go, you know, buy yourself a plane ticket to wherever it is, right? Put on some boots and go out there and try and stop those motherfuckers from warring with each other. Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> right, but I mean, it's it's the revert the inverse of the argument of of um, uh, you know presidents not fighting the war. They're they're yeah. cowards, right? They well, won't right. go and right, yeah. So, well, what are you going to do? Lock them in handcuffs? <laughs> right. Yeah. I Once mean, you get there, what are you going to do? Stop it, guys! <laughs> right. You know, put well, your hands up. Right. Well, keep away. so here's the thing: human beings have two solutions to any problem. That's it. Like, if we have an issue with each other, there are literally two solutions. Like, either it goes unsolved, or we hit each other, or we talk about it. So, yeah, obviously you can't literally physically go, guys, cut it out, quit, go- oh, hey, what Hum- are those tag Humans me? do solve problems from time to time. Right. So We do. So, Bitcoin trade is communication. Yeah. Trade is communication. It, it, it The old saying is, uh, if goods don't cross borders, armies will. Right, yep. right. And it's very true, because... You may not be able to say, hey, stop shooting at this person. But if you can say, hey, look at this cool, shiny trinket or whatever it is. Well, I mean, and that's uh, pretty clear is is our governments stop us from doing business right now. um, To the best of my knowledge, you're not allowed to do business with Russia. You haven't been able to do business with Iran. You're not allowed to look at RT uh, uh, website. <laughs> yeah, really? for, yeah. Okay, so you got a VPN. Yeah. I've uh, I've had like uh, just some some sites that uh, that uh, put up their uh, their videos and it's completely blocked. Yeah, I'm, because I'm, it's from RT. I'm in the RT Telegram channel and uh, I can't view any of it anymore unless I fire up my VPN and say I'm not from the United States huh. and then I can view it. It puts up a a, a banner. It says something like uh, you cannot view this channel because it violated international law or something like that. Interesting, but uh, yet, but yet, I keep getting notified that oh, a new message, right? So, like, whoever's uh, running that channel is still putting content out. So, somewhere on planet Earth, somebody is able to see those messages, and it turns out that just not in the U.S. Yeah, and that can be circumvented with a cryptocurrency. 
right? There's or a, a cryptocurrency yeah. that lets, yeah, or a VPN. Uh, you can just use the cryptocurrency to view it over LBRY, however you want to pronounce that, and bada bing, bada boom, you are talking again yep. instead of, because uh, like sanctions, like stopping trade, that is a kind of violence because, I mean, it's, it's a violence in both directions, right? Because you are threatening your own people yep. to like, you better quit trading with them or else. And by doing that, you're hurting the, them, which is like what you're aiming at. Sure. And what we're seeing in um, you know places like Iran and uh, Russia is, is in many cases, it's not the people at the top that are being hurt. It's the people at the bottom. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know those are the ones that are suffering through these uh, trade thing, you know, situations. Tell me more about. So you said uh, Bitcoin was one of the. Sacraments. Sacraments of the church. Yep. Did you finish your thought on that? Yeah, basically. Is, I'm curious, is there more and what are they? Well, I um, I can tell you that Bitcoin is. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the reason I mean, is, I'm, I'm with you so far. Go ahead. It's a peace church. And uh, the goal is, is to help people spread the idea of peace and, you know, use Bitcoin, not bombs. And Weird. to me, it's the most effective means that we have at this point of waging peace. Right. Um, heretofore, all you could do was stand for peace. Right. But with Bitcoin, using it, advocating for the use of it, you know, these sorts of things at some point or another, in the same way that the U.S. dollar gives power to yeah. the war machine, Bitcoin takes it away. Agreed. Yeah. yeah and Waging peace. That's an interesting concept. I hadn't thought of that before. I didn't think of peace as something you wage. Indeed. But- so. That's a funny thing about um, war, right? And yeah. violence and these sorts of things is as a libertarian, should I really be stepping in between two people that want to harm each other? No, no. And, you know, mostly I don't. Now, of course, one of those people is bound to want to tax me so that they can go and do their little fighting. Right. And that's the thing that I'm, you know, most fundamentally against. If they're not against. already taxing you. But I'm all, I am against their fighting, too. Yeah. Because their fighting always has these negative externalities that it creates well, um, like that I've got to deal with. On an individual basis, right? So if the state doesn't exist and people settle their problems individually, this isn't a problem. There's going to be few people that are like, let's settle this with a fist fight. Or I challenge you to a duel, right? Slaps you on the face with some gloves or whatever. That might be the way to you do know? it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But this is how, like, that would be one option for people to solve their disputes. I can think of a few basis. that that's the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> sure. for me. But they know? would be allowed to do that if it were voluntary. Instead of having, you know, politicians send your sons and daughters yep. off to kill people they've never met because you disagree, you know, the guy sending them disagrees with the guy over there. Well, and one of those negative externalities might just be the end of life on Earth. Oh, sure. Like, that's that's actually a thing. Could happen. Well, the end of human life. No. <laughs> I mean, as far as we can I, tell, it is possible to kick up so much dust sure, it's that possible. you kind of kill everything. I think I think Earth will survive, but um, yeah, I think life on Earth will survive. It's, it just might not be human life. Yeah, the, the humans are the ones I'm rooting for the most. Yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah. I, we, I am a human supremacist. <laughs> I believe that humans are the most important form of life in the universe. I, I just we, wanna, we make art and like. Talk yes. in ways that nothing else can because we can make abstract thought. Like, we literally form a copy of our universe and ourselves inside our head. Yeah, I want more of that. I, 
I just want to get back to waging peace because I agree <laughs> with that idea. I've just yeah. never heard it before. Waging peace. Like, if I aspire to do anything with, like, Beard Talk Live or Beat on the Radio, whatever, like, waging peace seems like that's about it. Like, I, I enjoy that as sort of a, a life goal, a life mission, if you will. Right. Um, to, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of what the Free State Project's about, too, to some extent, sure. is, um, you know, everybody moves here to tell everybody else to leave each other alone. And, um, you know, I mean, is it the... The most libertarian thing you can do, I can I can hear arguments against, but at the same time, it's very libertarian in the sense that we say, hey, settle down, stop punching. Yeah. Well, there are remarkable advantages to being in the physical proximity of people. Mm, I yeah. mean, that's why we used to have uh, churches. Yeah. Like, and that was your community. Right. Was you had your parish. I mean, down south, there's the, the county yeah. is still. If there was some news, everybody gather at the church, right. right? And if you didn't get along at this parish, you could try the next one. See if you get along there. Well, I tend to think the churches were mostly uh, dating um, opportunities for young people. <laughs> you know, like yeah. get to find the who you know who's available in town. Are you seeing, saying that church was the first Tinder? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh. Christian mingle. <laughs> <laughs> Does it give you a tingle? Because. Like school will mix you with people your age, but you know, it, 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 different communities handled this differently. Mm. In many cases, many, many, yeah. many cases, you didn't. Women did not marry men that were their, their age. They married men that were eligible, and meaning that they had already, de- uh, you know, developed some wealth and these sorts of things, right. and um, you know, going to yeah. make their lives easier. Men had a criteria you had to meet to be eligible. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. Well, and still tends to be the case. Yeah. On average, Although women I don't will, know, man. will be younger date. than the man. Although that uh, gap has definitely too, like. has definitely tightened. Well, it's I think to some extent because we call everybody like if you know I mean it doesn't take too much for your friends you're nine months older than uh, if the woman's nine months older than the man they'll call her a cradle robber because it's funny you know they're they're right, you know yeah. teasing yeah. but that has its that has you know further effects mm. and at this well, point. Loretta Lynn, you know, the age difference between her, I think she was 14 and her husband was 25 or something like that. That is completely verboten in modern society in the United States. 14 to 20, right. But if she was 17 and 25. I think that would be more acceptable. Yeah, I think everybody would be like, oh, you know, all right. Well, I think this is the effect of schools. Yes. I I mean, so they, they make you like not your range of ages. No, 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 no within one year of you yeah. and it's weird to be otherwise which guess what makes you incredibly bad at empathy <laughs> which is what they're aiming for so uh, an entire culture that has for generations done only that with 90 some odd percent somewhere over five percent of its population yeah so they they really only identify with their exact age group so okay boomer Right. Um, How dare you be older than me? But I I did see some, uh, the the difference between a senior and a freshman is stunning. It is significant. Yeah. And for most. Puberty is a hell of a drug. There's an early (laughs) bloomer here or there that stands out of the crowd. But yeah, if you look at anybody's freshman photo versus their senior photo, it's stark. And usually the height um, is uh, is shown there. So you got a freshman girl and a uh, you know senior guy. It's. I'm not saying I don't care what people do, but um, as long as everything's consensual, it's just I can. I kind of. I remember high school, and I remember 
thinking those things. But then again, I was raised just as you were saying, every single class. The people in the other classes, we were competitive with them. They were the bad guys. We were at war. They were dehumanized. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, freshman hazing. I yes. Mean, they, I, they cracked down on it, but like it was a thing to be cracked down we on. We did it. I yeah. did it. Like, and this goes all the way back to the old uh, British boarding schools. It's tradition, of course. You beat the shit out of the new ones. How we, else are they supposed to beat the shit out of the new ones when they're older? We had the Latin club slave sale, and what? we literally the first year in Latin club, and everybody who was in Latin class was meant to be in Latin club. Um, and the guy who was the teacher. Uh, he, um, he became an administrator later so you just sort of he just had this power around him for mm. some reason I was in Latin club I have no idea why um, and the slave sale was their, was their fundraising thing and so they this was total hazing like they did you know they would uh, I, I, what, what happened to me um, some they made some fat girl carry me um, I was a thin kid um, so they they you know she had to carry me and there were pictures taken of it um, they one of them one of my uh, owners tied used a, a jersey to tie a pizza crust to my forehead um, I mean you just all kinds of awful behavior a pizza crust to your forehead? dumped uh, sprite on my head you know things like that it was at the beach mind you so I could go in and get it washed off nothing was harmful but it was hazing definitely mm. and humiliating I did the same thing. I'm the next year. I'm curious now, was the pizza the first thing ever tied to your head? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I'm just thinking maybe you were the intergalactic the pizza king yeah, before you were the intergalactic space king. I bet or there's a restaurant wizard. called Pizza King. I was Yeah, I was trying to get like a, a fast food jab in there somehow. That'd be one. Uh, yeah. That was esoteric. Uh, you know. Was I'm all effort. Burger <laughs> Chef Hardee's before Hardee's was Hardee's? The restaurant? Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't know Hardee's, and there's a lot of people that don't know Jack of the Carl's Box. Jr. Carl's Jr. as well. These it's, are all the same uh, type of restaurant owned by the same uh, organization, uh, but basically they're the same restaurant. Now, Jack of the Box is slightly different than Carl's Jr. You can't Jr. get tacos at a Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. is slightly different than a Hardee's, but mm, they're basically the same thing. Uh, growing up in Wisconsin, I never knew what a Jack of the Box was. Plenty of Hardee's. Mm. And I would eat there frequently. I'd move out to the West Coast. There's no Hardee's, but there's this thing called Jack in the Box. And I'm like, oh, this is delicious because it's fast food. Yeah, sure. So I, I mean, you know, when I've, I've given up on going to fast food restaurants that I've never been to before yeah. because I've just like left flat by flat fast food. I just don't want it. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, sometimes I do, but, you know, rarely. Yeah. It, I, I used to stop off, well, I've never been to this restaurant before. I'm going to go here. Just um, to have the experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, there, it, there's no experience there. The Whataburger, not that great of a burger. I've still not been <laughs> to a Whataburger. So I've got that going for me. It was which fine. Is nice. <laughs> I'm not, I don't mean to say, to say that it was a bad burger. Yeah. I'm just. You know, the idea that somehow some epiphany is going to be had there. There's kind of nothing special about fast food. That's, I, right. that's I can't part see, of it being fast. I can't see a place named Whataburger not being a letdown, right? Because, like, the expectation is you're going to bite into it and go, what a burger, mm. yeah. right? And and you don't, right? Yeah, the, the best burger, well, uh, Five Guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, five Guys will make a hell of a burger, yeah, but they, I wouldn't call it fast food. It It is a superior burger as far mm. as that type of a joint. But notice they don't have a drive-in. Yeah. 
They have an app. Five Guys. Well, yeah, you can order online and then go pick it up or have it delivered. And they will not let me forget it either. <laughs> that they have an app? I don't know what it is about advertising, but I own, like, what it, whichever ad it is, it's the same ad over and oh, over and yeah, over I again. Hate Funny. That. So, is this mean that because we've mentioned five guys and my phone's on, that I'm going to hear that now <laughs> you're going to get a coupon in your email like, at four so in the morning? You might. I won't. That shit never happens to me. Oh, okay. Ever. Now, mind you, I always turn on the shit of like, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I, first thing I do when I go through my phone, where are the settings? Because I know you're going to have all your spyware on. Let's see what I can turn off of it. I avoid most of that because I use browser only, even on the mobile device, particularly for social media. I have apps, right? I'll download and use apps if they're a utility. They have some use to me and, you know, I need them, uh, you know, third party verification stuff, whatever, that kind of thing. But uh, I try to keep my phone as app-free as possible, and that means zero uh, social media apps. So when I get on Twitter on my phone, I'm on the website. I'm logging in. I'm logging out, right, as much as I you know, can. If you don't log out, the cookie will stay in your browser, and when you go to Twitter.com the next time, you'll just be logged in still. So they figured out how to overcome that on the mobile browsers. But that's why I don't use the apps is because the apps do all of that tracking, that backtracking and sends you these, you know, you're in a room with people and you're talking about five guys. And then tomorrow in the mail, you've got coupons from five guys. How did that happen? Yeah. You know. So I'm going to tie this all in together. Watch me. So the app that lets you order the fast food with the cryptocurrency is amazing. What is that app? Uh, uh, Dash Direct, I think it is. Okay. Um. So it's uh, from uh, from the Dash people. So okay. yeah, you use Dash, you get uh, DoorDash, which I find hilarious. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's like, okay, so I can use my I can use my crypto to get crypto, and then I could use that crypto to get food, and I am just swiping around on a shiny black rock. Yeah. For those who don't know how that Fucking wizardry. Type of- how that type of wizardry works, it, what they're doing is they're taking advantage of what's called the gift card economy. So gift cards have been the the transducer of cryptocurrency to turn it into real goods for quite some time. Now, there's crypto credit cards that I know you're at least aware of, Mark, yep. and I know uh, we've had a discussion on Peakless. Uh, so like there are ways for you to sort of spend, but it always requires this intermediary. If it's not a bank like Visa, MasterCard, whatever, and it's, and it's not like a crypto debit card, then something like Dash Direct uh, is what they're doing is they're transducing your cryptocurrency for the spot price of the USD at the moment of your purchase. Mm-hmm. So, and effectively, you're buying a gift card through a gift card service for the Dash for the exact amount that you just ordered, right? Yep. And so, and that and that's how these things work. So, what I'm like, first of all, that's great news because cryptocurrency is able to navigate its way around the spendability problem by using intermediaries, right? Whatever those might be. And so that's good news because that just means the crypto uh, takeover will continue, right? right. Because crypto can uh, be innovated. Despite upon. Sam Bankman Freed. Right. Fuck that because of him. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I love this. I am absolutely, everyone, ah, it's going to break everything. Yes, it's going to break everything that wasn't working. Well, right. If you got into bed with this motherfucker, yeah. it's because you trusted the institutional banking system. You trusted the whole system where, well, since I know the regulator, I can get away with this, 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 and this. To be clear, um, there are people that are 
secondarily, tertiarily uh, that are involved. Like, for instance, um, you know, if you BlockFi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Let's say that uh, we don't know what happened with BlockFi, but we do know they just filed bankruptcy. Yep. So let's say you... It had something to do with their uh, connection with FTX. Mm-hmm. And it had something to do with their crappy business practices. Indeed. Um, crappy business practices. But what if you just uh, you know gave them some crypto, took a loan out against it, and then F- BlockFi does some business with somebody who does some business with FTX and these kind of things? It does, you know... It, the, it all comes back to not your keys, not your coin right. every mm-hmm. single time. Absolutely. What what the DeFi movement has been attempting to do and continually failing at it is to securitize cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. This is something that you heard about in the before the 2008 crash, mm-hmm. right, as far as the explanation of what happened. And what happened was there were all these companies issuing mortgages that they probably shouldn't have issued to unqualified people. Mm-hmm. But they would take and bundle these this is called securitizing, and then yep. sell these bundles or portions of these bundles off to other companies. So you could have a mortgage that you took out with a bank, but uh, you could have a tenth of it over here, a quarter of it over there, the rest of it over here, right? And a bunch of different pieces. So different companies could have different pieces of the mortgage that you took out, depending on on the performance of the company backing the mortgage. So securitizing of these things is, for layman's terms, is just bundling them up and reselling them at whatever value they can get for them. Now, you want to be able to label your securities in such a way that, like, these are sort of the bad ones, these are the the C-level ones, or these are the A-level ones, right? So there's kind of a numerical or a letter ranking system amongst them. But basically, that's what you're doing is bundling. The reason that's not working with cryptocurrency is because cryptocurrency will not act like regular currency, like (laughs) government-backed currency in the current banking system, and they're just now figuring that out. Banks have been at a rush to try and figure out how to capitalize on this thing yeah. and turn it into a thing that works within the system that exists already, and you can't. It's going to eat the existing system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and while it eats it, it's destroying every lie they ever told. Yes. It is bringing it into the sunlight. That this is this is what you do. This is how you run right. a successful company in their world. This whole, you know the regulators. Yep. You are deeply in yep. bed with the with both parties actually, and and you've paid off all the right people, and you're you're golden, and everyone trusts you, and you have this great reputation. And and you're a philanthropist now, like top tier right there. Ooh, I'm so rich. My job is helping people by giving them shit. We're having <laughs> uh, what I'd like to call a sunshine moment. Yep. Right? Uh, and that is the the Bankman fraud uh, FTX debacle, right? It's all over the fucking news, right? So what is the lesson from this, right? And this is why I call <laughs> it a sunshine moment, right? This shines a light super bright on all of the exchanges, Right. Super bright on not your keys, not your coins. Yeah. Right. This is a sunshine moment for people to learn. When email first came out, people at sign the fuck's an at sign. Right. You know, and they had to figure out how to write. Oh, all lowercase. Oh, no spaces. Right? They had to figure these things out. They were foreign to them at first. And that's what's happening with Bitcoin. Everybody knows Bitcoin now is value. Remember when the big argument was, oh, you and your stupid Internet money it won't ever be worth anything. Right. Well, now <laughs> everybody recognizes that it has value, banks, governments included, right? Yep, everybody's and, doing it. And it literally is a gold rush to try and, like, squeeze the, the round peg into the square hole. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what, but so we're having a sunshine moment right now, which is, I think, going to end up being a, a pivot point, a learning point for most people, right? People mm-hmm. who were only into cryptocurrency because they were trying to get rich mm-hmm. instead of the people who were into it because of its philosophical value.
Right. right. I think the three of us here would maintain that we're into it because of its philosophical value. Well, one of the huge shifts that you're seeing numerically is the the number of one Bitcoin or less and like half a Bitcoin or less, especially just through the fucking roof, like not even comparable to any of its previous increases. So that's actual people owning their actual coins. So the rest of the time, because because that's all it does is it looks at wallets, right? Yep, but okay. the wallets that are held by the exchanges, it's just high amounts in a couple of wallets. But everyone pulling their, their shit off of all of their exchanges, self-custody, owning your own Bitcoin, owning, yep. having... Yep. Treating your wallet like a wallet instead of an account, right? Like that happened. The information exists, and so when this whole thing started going down, and people were like, "Something's going on in crypto. How do I, you know, secure myself against any bad things that are going to happen?" The first piece of information, if they just you know went on their favorite search engine and typed in "How do I protect myself crypto?" would be like, "Get your money off the exchanges, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not your keys, not your coin." So the crypto community, if you will, has done a good job of putting the information out there. It's sunshine events like this that force people to go to the website and look up how do I, right? And then, oh, now I know how to protect myself. I yeah, I think 90% on. of people prior to the uh, the FTX debacle um, probably were holding their uh, coins in some kind of custodial fashion, meaning that somebody else had custody of it. Right. How many people were staking, right? Trying to mm. reap some benefits on some, you know, payments yeah. back and, uh, you know, loaning, you know, type of uh, or, uh, organizations and smart contracts that exist yep. out there. Here's one thing that I don't get. Like, okay, CDs are pretty obvious financial tool, right? Okay, you, you put this in a five-year CD. You can't get it back until it's five years from now. Maybe you can sell it to someone else in the meantime, but, like, that's how it works. And yet there's so many people complaining about not being able to unstake. It's like, but, but you you already do this. <laughs> Staking is just a CD with programming. That's all. That's all it is. There's still risk involved. Well, there's. it depends on the type of staking. I mean, you know, for instance, uh, Dash had uh, these master nodes. You can bust one of you can bust your master node up anytime mm. you want. Um, but I, I suppose there are other. <laughs> I would be very nervous, um, you know, right now if I couldn't get my coin off of uh, any given uh, location. Mm. You know, uh, mm. whether whether I stuck staked or didn't. You know. And, well, I mean, uh, Ethereum really caused this problem because they're like, huh. You might all try to leave us when we do this changeover into the proof of stake. We're going to bribe you into letting us just keep you forcibly on the exchange for a specific very long period of time. Which it's just like, okay, it's like a, a 50-year bond is a thing. You can have a 50-year bond, a 5-year bond, a 10-year bond, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever they call them. The, the treasury market. 50 bond, fifty year bond sounds like a government thing. <laughs> Better pay good interest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys made me think of uh, starting a uh, token for my non-existent uh, all-beef restaurant, and the, the, the token would be proof of stake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at St. Kitts, you could probably do that. <laughs> proof of stake. Proof of stake. Mm, stake. And that would be the only good proof of stake. <laughs> Oh my God! It's such a scam. The whole proof of stake system. What do you What do you think of this? As a, you know a bit about cryptocurrencies, you've sure. been you know talking about it for uh, decades. Um, today during Free Talk Live, the phrase in relation to Federal Reserve notes, proof of violence. <laughs> well, um, 
you know, I mean, is that not accurate for like, if you're de- trying to describe, okay, this crypto is proof of stake, this crypto is proof of, uh, what's the other one? Uh, of uh, work. Uh, proof of work. work, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then this this other currency is proof of violence, because that's the only thing that backs the FRN. I, I don't know if it's the only thing. Like, there's, you know, there's uh, cultural momentum, there's... Um, you know, obvious the violence, right? Like uh, the United States military, right? The, the full force of it. Um, there's the only thing backing it. Like if if well, the there's military... also the sort of uh, the petrodollar aspect, um, okay, which is proof of violence by the military. Like the reason that it has the petrodollar aspect is because it's been uh, the proof of violence to take over the the countries that have access to easy oil and go okay we if you if you play ball then we'll keep you as our puppet dictator yes you and get if you, to, you don't get to be rich ball. and you get to uh, rule over your little chunk of desert but if you don't do it right then you're out of there yeah like one of the major causes of world war 1 that no one ever knows about is that they discovered oil in the middle east so they were going to take the uh, the orient express that went all the way to um, istanbul and bring it down to afghanistan and like okay, all through through all of the oil rich countries, and England went, oh the fuck you do, Germany, because you have the best banks mm-hmm. and really good engineers, mm-hmm. and we are currently ruling the waves, so we're really a dominant power in this region. The fuck you do, okay? Uh, do this, 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 and this, and that will mean that we're in a war here. We will be in a war here, and you won't be able to build your train. Yeah, the uh, it, it was a domino effect, and I wouldn't doubt it that uh, at all that that might have been one of the because this is how these people thought at the time, and probably still do. Yeah, it's uh, a clash of empires, right? You know, the sun shall never set on the British Empire, lest any of us trust them in the dark. Right. <laughs> so, with regards to the petrodollar, it's use the dollar or else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, for Americans, it's use the dollar. Or else, pretty directly. Yeah. For everyone else, it's use the dollar or be uncertain of where you will get your oil. Well, one of the reasons, one of the reasons, and I'm not saying it's the only reason, one of the reasons people use the dollar is because it is the best run fiat currency out there. Now, that just is breathtaking. It just shows how breathtakingly bad so the just, rest of the fiat currencies are run. It's the biggest turd in the bowl. No, or the <laughs> the shiniest turd in the bowl. Yes, yes, the shiniest turd in the bowl, if yeah. you will. Yep. Indeed. I mean, you know, you just got to look at what you know the rest of the the other options are. You know, the ruble isn't exactly well run. God, Ru- no, none Ru- of them are. Russia's a petrostate. You well, know, and what's like sadly funny about part of this is the biggest buyer of American bonds because that's the thing it's a it's a dual currency uh, juggling act right mm-hmm. uh, just like they do with a couple of cryptos like they did with Luna but uh, anyway so y- you have to have enough people that aren't you buying the treasuries or everyone catches on and, and it just plummets yep and our biggest treasury buyer was Japan who has like the worst bank on earth <laughs> like 100% of the, of the J- Japanese banks are just propped up by the government completely indirectly they're all zombie banks there's not one valid business among them isn't that true uh, with the federal reserve bank i mean um are they not propped up by themselves and the full might of the united states military well as he said yeah but not to that degree because they just it's a it's a matter of degree they get so they have some people buying their treasuries 
for example. So Japan, no one wants Japanese treasuries. Why would you? Everyone wants American treasuries. Yep. Can't do without them. Why? Uh, because well, you can't buy oil without them, and because they trust that the American government will still be there in the morning. Because if you look at um, you know which nations are going to be at the top of the pile mm-hmm. in 10 years, right. the United States is still going to be at the top of the pile. Likely. And... That like you could just sort of look at all the factors that go into it, um, you know. China ten years from now is going to have a huge retiree problem, yeah. and, and the United States not so much. Um, somehow we've managed to do something that almost no other nation managed to do, Canada excluded, um, which is that we made a nation based on identity as opposed to ethnicity, and um, almost every other nation is an ethnicity based. Right. Uh, you know, group, right. and you can be an American by sort of you know raising your hand and pledging you know some uh, saying an oath and meaning it and you know all that stuff. Right, right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm certain there's people that you know pledge the oaths and don't mean it. Well, that's Roman, isn't it? <laughs> it is very much so. But but it all comes back to trust, though, right? The organization of trust. Who do you trust? Right. I I don't trust the U.S. government, but I trust it more than I trust the China government. Mongols did that one, too. Which one? Uh, The the bit where instead of uh, being one ethnicity, you have a national identity that is especially not ethnic. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys hear that uh, India apparently has surpassed China in population? In population, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. They they should be right about that point. What impact does a population like that have on the global scale in regards to finance? Well, um, India's got a socialist government, um, so I don't expect them to get uh, powerful anytime soon, but uh, population is population. I mean, China, right? They're a socialist government, right? And they're... Author- authoritarian government. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually wonder wh- where India is going to land on all of this, because they seem to have taken the COVID thing rather personally. Because, like, they were given the same assurances as any ordinary person of, like, no, this is safe, this is effective, absolutely give it to all your people. And I think nobody gave them the memo on corruption (laughs) and how this is all a scam that's going to kill a bunch of people but make the people participating very rich. Mm. And they're a little butthurt about it. You know, like, you should be. Like if you're not in on the scam. The thing that uh, that comes to mind when it comes to, you know, some nation surpassing the largest population of, you know, whatever the current nation is, is that uh, as these things go, they're within a government. And, you know, when you start having growth that outpaces another nation and they're a socialist nation, like the opportunity for them to become even more tyrannical mm. is just around the corner, in my opinion. Yeah, India has some terrifying capacity like, for tyranny if we say and i do say that the united states is an empire it has all the traits of an empire right uh, china is also an empire well we had to create a term called hegemony in order to uh you know say that pretend that we weren't one yeah yeah you, you know it's fine but it's yep. still like you look at all empire, the pillars of those what have empire kings. Is. we have a president <laughs> the united states fills all of them except for we rotate the guy in charge every couple of years or whatever um but like something like india is like they could get very violent very quickly based on the type of government that exists there. I'm not saying they're going to, but like well, they really dislike Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, China. You know, they've, they're surrounded by enemies. Yeah. So they are working with China now, though. 
Well, they're Which also is, at war with them on a pretty regular basis. So, yeah. or, when I say war, ba- battling, um, you know, they, that's true. They've got man. a couple of they, they got a borders uh, dispute. Yeah, how w- we live in absolutely upside down world. <laughs> so, like, yeah. the Fed is on my side against the World Economic Forum. The uh, um, uh, well, Kissinger Kissinger is calling for an end to war. <laughs> I haven't heard that, but I love the yes. idea. Yeah, even Kissinger is like, uh, guys, guys, we we wanted to not nuke the planet, right? Remember, if we kill everybody, then we have to stop the human sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Remember that? So, uh, holy shit, you're calling for not war? Uh, so we're about halfway through the show. We usually take about a 10-minute break. You guys good for the break? I am going to go to bed. I got up pretty okay. early this morning for right. my... Well, thanks for that. sitting in. But it was a pleasure. Appreciate Thank you, having, you for and, your and thanks for wizardry. And wearing the fake beard. Thank you. Yep, we, we appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to take us out to break with, uh, what did I have queued up? Oh, some of me. Here's my heavy metal band.
Welcome back to Beard Talk Live, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're just coming back from our mid-podcast break where I played you uh, some of me because, well, nobody promotes me, uh, and uh, I've basically been the only one ever promoting myself. So shameless self-promotion. Uh, if you go to CaptainKickass.com, there's some links to stuff that I've done and do. Links to me here doing, you know, this in the radio show. Uh, links to music that I've made. Uh, this was off of a, a band. This is a band called Pure Hatred. And uh, this is a disc that I call Intoxicated Liberation. It's one of these where, like, we did a recording and then we did a recording with another guy. And then the two recordings, you know, one of them never got released. And so I remixed that one, remixed and remastered it. And it's really pretty good. Uh, so feel free to check that out over at uh, CaptainKickass.com. Do you have a, a thing, a web thing? Well, no, I, I love this because I just made a shameless self-promotion. What did you do? I promoted myself to Intergalactic Space King. That's right. Different kind of promotion, but a promotion nonetheless. Congratulations yeah. on your promotion. You're welcome. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> <laughs> I really am welcome. <laughs> it's true. Uh, there was something that, uh, I don't know. There was something I, I need just a reminder because there was there were things I wanted to talk about today, and we've talked about zero of them, and so like and that's fine. I'm totally down with you know running the show sort of off the hip, you know if you will. But uh, to be fair, one of the things we were kind of looking forward to with this show is man, there's such good show prep that we just never get around to because that's true. I mean both eh, things to look out for and like hilarious things and like all the wacky shit going on in the world uh i i, I don't know if this has to do with the show but i don't think i have said this before either on the radio show or on this podcast a beard talk live that you're listening to right now um but nice plug. if you play guitar and you play with another guitar player and the two of you do guitar harmonies what have you done? Guitarmonies. Mm. That's right. Guitar plus harmonies equals guitarmonies. It's a, it's a delightful litany there. Well, it's a portmanteau, right? So it's mm -hmm. a portmanteau of the day. What did we have earlier? The We had the uh, publicize. But what was, you called it a, a niege? Neologism. Neologism. What's a neologism? Neologism. Neo, new, Logism, logos, not, word. Not Neil as in like diamond, but Neo as in the Matrix. Yes. Okay. I know Kung Fu, Neo. And what's the other half of the word? Logism, uh, logic. Oh, okay. All right. Word, logos. Logos. Okay. Etymology. Here we go. Uh, forcing humans to your preference is always wrong. No exceptions. Thought that was pretty good. I don't know where yeah. these come from. Like, I, I just have some things. Well, I would add to that that. Like, I think that's the difference between, like, a non Letting them think that you will force them is also, I mean, the same thing as forcing them. Like, if I threaten you, right. it is the same thing as doing what I'm doing, what I'm threatening you with. Especially if you're afraid of it. If you're not afraid of it, then it's totally not. But yes, you're right. It's in the perception. Uh, it's also in the production of how you present the message. But if you're threatening somebody to get your way, you're already a dick. Right? You're, yeah. you're already in the wrong. You're a bastard. 
yeah. you know, for, for just threatening somebody. Right? It, yeah. You are out of civilization. You need to apologize and get back in line with civilization or we will not have a relationship as human beings. Yeah. Every now and again, and I, can, I like having human relationships. Every now and again, I can come off as, uh, you know, gruff or whatever. Uh, and I'll be like, you just hush. Right. And people, like, like people hush somehow. Like, I don't know. Um, and I've done that too. And somebody else is like, you just hush for now. Like, oh, sorry. Right. You know, you, you respond to different people differently with different reactions. And so. Well, and, and part of this is just universally apply the principle. Okay, the police have never apologized for extorting you every fucking day. That's true. Yeah. Uh, no politician has ever done so. Uh, right. No uh, military person that I'm aware of has ever been like, hey, man, sorry. No, that's not true. I've... I've heard from no, no, no. military some people. Some of our best. Some of our I've best heard from the, military people. Oh who have man, like, I did not know what I signed up for. Right. Like, but, but they came back and they got out and they maybe listened to like Free Talk Live or any other well, liberty oriented media. There's a fucking reason that Ron These Paul was the most forward. funded uh, politician that, in that election. Yeah. Is they want out of this uh, proof of violence system. And now I wonder if the strategy of bringing the message of freedom to soldiers first, right, as like a you know a priority, uh, has any merit, right? I know I know there are people who have talked about doing campaigns of such a thing. You know, somebody wrote a book, and I'm just going to send one to all the troops, right? You know, right. wherever they're at, um, and that got like intercepted and seized and like not sent. <laughs> Like, you know, so what do you do? How do you reach that particular audience? Because I really do think that if the members of the military in, in any country, really, right. if they all just got together and said, hey, you know what? Uh, no, we're not going to murder these people anymore. Well, if they just got together and made that decision. So there is literally one way that that can happen. We bribe them. <laughs> Not a joke. Hilarious, <laughs> no, I, but not I, a joke. Uh, I've often made the joke that when it comes to government, bribery is the best policy. It's literally the But answer. then aren't we going to get out-bribed? Let's just say, like, and by we, I mean, like, whoever presents the money and the idea, you know, wouldn't it just by be the arcade ticket? Well. I mean, come on. Just look at what's happening. In spite of... Uh, Stocks absolutely fucking plummeting. Gold's actually kind of up again. Uh, might have a real big spike again. Might not. Certainly keeping its own because people are moving out of the dollar. Mm -hmm. I like. I don't wish ill on my fellow man. You know, I want everybody to be prosperous. I want everybody to live a life of their choosing. Right and and do things that appeal to them as long as you're not harming anyone or taking anybody's stuff. Right, I'm good, and I also want that back from you. And right now, the number of people who don't give that back way outnumber the people who give it by a huge astronomical quantity. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm asking these questions about like, you know, 
what is the because we're in triage time here like yeah. we don't really have time to like educate the next generation yes that's the best strategy and yes thank you to all the homeschoolers thank you to all the libertarian moms oh, yeah, and no, dads we, we got who, this locked down in 20 years it's the just a whole thing living sorry yeah like like thank you to all to anybody who's homeschooling really even if you're you not the of heroes. a libertarian mind or an anarchist mind you are doing your child a favor simply by removing him from one of the most coercive institutions known to man i mean it's one of those things i actually didn't think that much about until i was talking to my sister or my mom i forget which one yeah and it's oh no it was my mom I, about we homeschool here it's just a universal thing in my community Hadn't really realized that. I literally don't know anyone who puts their kid into public school. Yeah, I mean... Hmm. Like, uh, no one in my sphere does that I, to their children. I do know some of some children of people I know that are in public school. And I know of one in particular that was homeschooled and then decided to go to the public school to, like, be around kids' age and meet girls for example right you know figure that out before he gets you know into the plus 18 adult world mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's a small number and it's true i've read statistics that talk about uh, since the the uh, propagandemic uh the number of people uh, the number of kids not returning to school has gone up because now they're being homeschooled because people figured it out when it was in their fucking living rooms they're like, really? This is, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. What a horrible environment for these kids to fucking be in. So there's this principle that runs through uh, detection and economics and philosophy. Uh, cui bono? Who benefits? Mm, so yeah. when you see something happening, who's benefiting from this situation? Who benefits from everyone hating history and mathematics and, you know, all the human empowering things. Well, the people writing the history are the ones who benefit. We know that. Uh, up until the invention of Bitcoin, uh, you know, those who printed the money, right? They carried all the weight, man. Well, they and carried the, all the weight. And the thing is, it's distributed consensus. Human Humanity's never had that before. I mean, it's we've, like... We, we basically gained a form of techno-telepathy. <laughs> it's almost like, uh, uh, I'm trying to refer to a, a technology that hasn't yet been invented. Oh, uh, you mentioned it, so Star Trek teleportation. Right, right. Right? Like, that's basically what Bitcoin is. It's just the money version of that type of an invention. Yes. Like, if somebody, like, tomorrow were like, hey, guys, uh, I invented teleportation. Here's a demonstration of it. Here's Bob. And he comes out at the over end and they were able to be like, and it totally works. Bob, you here? Yep, I'm here. Right. And all of that. Like that would be the type of uh, game changing, humanity changing technology that, in my opinion, cryptocurrency is. Mm -hmm. Right. It is the Internet of money. Mm -hmm. So as much as the Internet changed the world. And the internet of, of money should be able to change it by like oh, a factor of 10. I don't and know. one of the wacky things about it, it will disrupt some of the same things that teleportation itself would disrupt. So you think that's going to change how the oil companies have a stake in reality? Right. Okay. Do you think a currency that is completely latched to energy production is going to take it out of the reins of the stupid way of creating energy right. and into the reins of the smart ways of creating energy yeah 
it's all about incentive, right? And that's the other thing I hope people, I hope I can, I don't know what the right word is. I hope I can embellish enough for people to take it to heart is that the amount of, of effort that you put into you know, trying to be a free person is a lot, Right, right. And when you're being raised, uh, when you're going to school, when your parents are taking you to daycare, and you know all that stuff growing up, nobody really talks to you about what you have to do to be a free person. There's a lot of rhetoric around freedom, let freedom ring, and like this kind of stuff exists in school, but they don't talk about how. What what sort of an effort does a man need to put forth to actually live free, or at least a more freer life? Right. And it turns out that's a lot. You have to yeah. put a lot of effort into it. Um, but you do it because it's worthwhile. And that's why I like cryptocurrency. I like spending cryptocurrency. I like mm -hmm. transacting in cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, we've talked Every free man is king. Yes. Guess what? If you're going to plan the agenda of a nation, it takes like a little, little bit of elbow grease to do it. Yeah, so you've got to custody your own wallet yeah like own your own money like actually yeah. own your yeah that literally means you have to run a bank all, all you're really doing but it's like beep boop bank run when you're learning cryptocurrency maybe for the first time or maybe you tried to learn and you fail and you're going to try again because you're like these guys make it sound important i i hope you are i hope we do because it is but if if you're in that sort of a realm, you, you know, beginner through, you know, third try, try again, because all you're learning is what, you know, kind of how banks used to operate, right? Hmm. Uh, you know, banks would have to, you know, drive a truck full of cash from point A to point B to exchange it for whatever, right? Right. You know, uh, or if, you know, a bunch of customers come in at the same time, they might have an excess surplus of cash. They got to move it from the, you know, bank lobby into the vault. So there's distance to travel, right? So you're just kind of doing that. And everything that you have to learn with cryptocurrency is just sort of like how a guy might manage a bank, right? If he were like a Mick manager. Now, these things are, it's like managing a McDonald's. These things are cookie cutter, right? Banks behave in a lot of the same ways as other banks, right? They might have a different flavor. Or they'll keep a different, you know, security watch so the guys don't rotate at the same time or whatever. Right. They're going to, you know, vary up that kind of stuff. But operationally, they take cash and then they provide some sort of service, whether it's a document or a receipt service or something like that, uh, or a mortgage, you know, that type of thing. Right. So that's the nuts and bolts of it. If you can run a McDonald's, you could probably, you know, be a assistant bank manager for a couple of months or something, right? You know, mm -hmm. if you're that on top of it, you could be a McDonald's Mick manager. You could probably run a, a bank branch for you know, a, a month or two yeah, without too much trouble. It's just a different set of policies. Right. So, but that's kind of what you're learning. You're learning like, oh, how did banks, you know, so if they take, if I put some cryptocurrency over here, this guy says, I'm going to get this percentage of return within X amount of time, or wait, no, I need to transact uh, in the USD somehow because, you know, this particular vendor will only take USD. How do I transduce some of my currency into USD without getting raped by the government, for example, on like a taxation? And there's... There's ways for all this to happen already. They exist. You just need to go and investigate them. All of this stuff exists. You could you could straight up do a crypto mortgage, right? Uh, there are companies that exist that were not involved with FTX or in bed with uh, Sam Bankman fraud that exist where you can pledge. You know, if you have enough cryptocurrency to buy a house, 
you can go to these businesses and go, hey, uh, at today's value of uh, you know this currency, I have enough to buy this house over here on 3rd Street. And right. they look at that and they go, yep, you sure do. Here's your mortgage. And now it's the same thing as like a 30-year mortgage as you would normally get when you're like a first-time home buyer, you're buying a house. Um, but they do no credit check. And it's all the same terms and conditions as a traditional loan. So for all intents and purposes, it is a traditional loan. The only difference is uh, you've backed it up with cryptocurrency. So you've said, I have enough cryptocurrency that I can buy a house. Here's proof of it. Uh, you do mm. have to turn over your keys to them. You have to let them hold, your, shit. hold your coin. But you can buy property. It's true. So, Commercial and residential. So you can literally replace their entire credit check system by just Having enough crypto for it. Let's just say you, you have bad credit, but you got a bunch of crypto. Well, I mean, what credit is supposed to measure in theory, although it never does anymore, because that would be bad for business and right. fucked so, up. So what does this mean? This means that like right. loans or mm, financial service companies, banks, or something like a bank that calls itself a financial service company, they don't right. necessarily have to have a brick and mortar place. They could exist virtually. It's all done, you know, numbers, but essentially that replaces an exchange. It's just a loan, right? You're, it's a collateral loan. Uh, you're familiar with pawn shops. Mm -hmm. Pawn shop is where I, as a rock and roll guy, if I'm like short on rent, I need 50 bucks till payday. I'm going to take one of my guitars down to the pawn shop and I'll be like, dude, can you loan me 50 bucks on this? They're like, sure. It'll cost you $75 when you get paid. I'll be like, sure, that's fine. Even though that's an astronomical percentage to pay for oh. that type of a loan. And then you, you finish that transaction, you get your guitar back and you go home. That's the exact same uh, thing that's happening in my estimation with financial services right now is that we are in what I call the pawn shop phase where all these other mm -hmm. businesses are trying to interact with cryptocurrency and the only way they can figure out to do it contractually and voluntarily is by invoking something that resembles a pawn shop contract it's well, still a loan but it's a collateral loan well a lot of this like there's this entire towering machine that its whole yeah. job was to make it a pain in the ass to cheat like you can't stop it entirely but they made it a pain in the ass and now we have a system that is literally impossible to cheat <laughs> Yeah. You literally can't do it. You have to at the time that you have most that you have the full uh majority of hash power, you are the network. Yeah. Okay, if you are taking on the entire load of the network for a while, then yeah, go ahead. But everything falls out eventually on who has the most energy to put toward this. And as soon as we figure out a better uh course of work, it all goes away. You can't fake it. Right. So entire institutions can be replaced with fairly simple lines of code. What I enjoy the most right now about knowing about cryptocurrency and continuing to pay attention to like the news of it and that kind of thing. Like sometimes I just want to forget about it because I'm like tired of it, but then something will happen and like, you know, cryptocurrency has been a well better than any soap opera and that's for sure. Right. You know, it's been an action movie. It's been an adventure movie. It's been a fantasy movie. It's been like all of these things over the course of its life. But what I really am enjoying right now is the attack that it's taking. Right. And and by that, I just mean that, like, it's value dropped a little bit. Right. But Bitcoin is literally like ripping its shirt open, showing the giant B on its chest and like going <laughs> <laughs> as 
as it's bouncing off his chest. Ha 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 ha! Oh my God, you are correct, sir. Like I, it's an anti-fragile system. It, it's a hell of a description. But what I'm saying is, Bitcoin, by nature of its existence, right, has caused humanity to seek ways to integrate it in any way that it can because it's being prevented from doing so by governments. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, it's it's like quicksand. It is. It's it's the falling. more they struggle. Like this is why I keep predicting and I keep being right. They're not going to fucking regulate it. There's never going to be a nice simple like here's yeah. the regulations now. No. You can only regulate They the figured exchanges. it out pretty quick that every time they hit it, uh, it's it's a tar baby. <laughs> like you oh your hand God. gets stuck and it pulls you in, it, and you just end up covered in tar and stuck to this thing. You're fucked if you fight it. The more you fight it, it's an anti-fragile system. Like, it's actually gotten this bad because no one's been hitting it. Like, it, it, it sure, it well, absorbed uh, the entire technology of the of the stock market. But, but, but then it started absorbing, like, institutional copies that don't work, and no one was hitting it. So they stuck around like barnacles. That's yeah. It's an amazing technology. It's only getting started. It is finding a way. It is. It is. I don't want to say forcing. It is incentivizing people to innovate. And we've seen this before when when the internet first came on. Right there was a time when websites did not exist, and then out of nowhere, like the internet was a thing, but then out of nowhere, websites. We're a thing, and all of a sudden the internet took off. Suddenly you had something that like a regular person could kind of comprehend. You had the UI, you had the visual and the tactile, right? The keyboard, the mouse, and the screen. Those are key elements. Cryptocurrency doesn't yet have the keyboard, mouse, and screen. Right? The the UI sucks, and that's why crypto is where it is. But all of the attacks that it has been taking on, and it's just like, ah, ha, 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 you can't kill me, kind of a thing, um, means that people have not stopped developing for it. Well, and how did we get websites developed? Right. You were motivated by your business to reach out to customers and make it easy well, to a, provide them your service. There's a pioneer effect, too, right? And that is to be, hey, I was one of the ones that was involved way back when. Like, if you know nothing about cryptocurrency and you get involved in it today, you just start reading about it somewhere at like Bitcoin.com or something we always advertise for on Free Talk Live. Um, you know, in 10 years from now, you'll be like, yeah, I got into it way back when. Well, <laughs> and it's, a, it's not it, advice. It I'm is just, a perfect rhyme for the Internet. Like, OK, here's what just happened. And like. It is a little different. It rhymes. But, okay, remember when they all went nuts over the website names? Oh, I've got to get my domain name. <laughs> this domain name will be worth so much. Bitcoin is the Beatles of cryptocurrency. <laughs> Go on. Well, so, like, when you compare, like, stuff to stuff, sometimes, like, the Beatles become a comparison, right? So what did the Beatles do? Uh, they were given credit for originating, uh, you know, their style of rock and roll, mm. right? And then other people began to imitate that st style of rock and roll. Mm. And from there, rock and roll grew into a, a whole bunch of different subgenres, right? Uh, one of them was heavy metal, of course. And then heavy metal used to just be one thing. And now it's like 300 things because there's like 
you know, it's like the deeper you go or there's sub styles and like oh, different names and sub genres. Right. So, right. you know, to, to be called the Beatles of something is a compliment, mm. right? You, you started a thing, you know, you, you know, so there's also a comedian who does a bit about how things are the Beatles of everything well, that so, I can't remember right now. You know, this, uh, 2000 coins that have a market cap worth talking about or whatever it is. Maybe it's 15,000. Who fucking knows? I, I don't know. I feel so like that, it's five. <laughs> that is the market discovering, oh, right, there's an infinite number of names. So paying top dollar for a particular internet name, look at what happened to pets.com. Well, that's a pretty great name right there. Yep. Gone. Total crash. Oh, and there's infinite names. It's It's a language. Yeah. We discover, uh, and it's a language, and we're discovering that. And the market's just figuring out, oh, right, there's an infinite number of tokens that you can possibly create, each with its own particular rule set. I did subscribe to something called, uh, what's it called? Unstoppable Domains. And yeah, yeah, is, yeah. So, and I've done nothing except buy it, because uh, the ad was like, uh no renewal fees, buy once, have it for the rest of your life. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And so that disincentivized me to do anything with it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll get to it eventually, right? I, I'm paid oh. up. I don't have to worry, so I can do it whenever. Whereas if I had that clock ticking, oh, you got to pay a monthly fee for a thing? Mm. If you have that clock ticking, it's, it's a mnemonic that reminds you, oh, well, if I'm paying for it, I might as well get some working oh, yeah. on it, right? And so... He, <laughs> Ironically, it's actually like ironically doing the, the job of money. Yeah, ironically, the better deal is counterintuitive to, well, everything else in my life right now. I want that to change, which is one of the reasons I bought it, mm-hmm. right? Is so that I can have this sort of uh, digital presence everywhere. Right. That's the whole deal behind it. And uh, so, yeah, I need to look further into it before I activate it. But it sounded like it was pretty awesome. Do you know anything about it? Hmm? Do you know anything about unstoppable domains? Ah. <sighs> Too vague. Can't okay. access it. Uh, but but uh, this whole like, oh, tokens and different coins, like that that whole thing is just overvaluing these things because it's discovering that, oh, right, there's what stocks were supposed to be. Not a bunch of numbers reflecting a bunch of numbers, but like, is there actual human effort behind this thing? Well, and that's kind of the key to all of this, right? Human effort. I mean, that's what creates value is human right. effort. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a great segue, but you uh, sent me a thing you wanted me to play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, uh, uh, I am always willing to talk about, uh, until it becomes like not worth talking about, I would love to keep talking about how do we avoid nuclear Armageddon? That's a hell of a lead in. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just play this bit. You let me know when to stop. Oh, I think it's all bad. Mr. Putin is, let me choose my words very carefully. I'm prepared to speak with Mr. Putin if, in fact, there is an interest in him deciding he's looking for a way to end the war. He hasn't done that yet. If that's the case, in consultation with my French and my NATO friends, I'll be happy to sit down with Putin to see what he wants, has in mind. He hasn't done that yet. In the meantime, I think it's absolutely critical what Emmanuel said. We must support the Ukrainian people. The idea 
that Putin is ever okay, going to yeah, defeat. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. He, he no, said, no, just just that first part. Okay. He said some nonsensicalisms okay. there. Well, yeah, it's Biden. I know, but I just don't like. He him. doesn't have an entire brain in his head. I, I, and like, as much as I already don't believe politicians because he has these stupidisms that he says, uh, I believe and trust him even less. You know, like I thought for a while that that George Bush, uh, the, the the younger, had the dumbest isms. And in fact, I remember there was a giant poster. I was at a party somewhere. There was a giant poster on the back of a door that had, and I read them all. And I was like, ah! It was Bush-isms, one of the most entertaining things I ever did. Bushisms were so powerful that he had the Marie Antoinette effect, where a an SNL skit about him uh, saying strategy. He never said that word, right. but. Everyone knew that he said strategery. Right, yeah. It was just so in character for him to say a word like that that doesn't exist. Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> uh, so what yeah, did, what, what did, that we had his CIA director father, right? What did Biden say here that you think is important uh, um, to bring up? Okay, let's let's go ahead and do the thing where we don't nuke each other. There, can can we do that? Oh, it's important that he just came out and said this. Yeah. That he said he's willing to sit down with Putin if he's willing to end the Ukraine war. So just putting that out there, everybody. Did did he say that um, Putin hasn't responded or hasn't reached out or you know how do we know that Putin hasn't said this right? Because I can't get RT unless I fire up a VPN and I right. haven't done that yet recently anyway. But you know uh, how do we know? Like uh, the, the level of dishonesty that. This particular individual is capable of, historically speaking, is I can't believe a goddamn word he's fucking saying. Right. Zero. Yeah. Like, like he might be saying something that. Oh, is that he, you think is cool? But I like I, I don't, don't even know whether he's lying or not. I or being coherent or who the fuck knows? Maybe he's speaking in code. Wouldn't put it past him. And also, God, does he look horrible? I know this is. A podcast so you can't really see this but um wow like <laughs> when a president becomes president they age quickly well you know <laughs> would you like the next old uh, would you like the oldest president in u.s history or would you like the oldest president in u.s history well it used to be for presidents like um they were already old and so if they got 10 years older you didn't notice much well because they were already like 70 by the time they got voted in Honestly, the position is doing its job. It's where we put what is happening in American culture. He is the perfect symbol of a boomer not fucking letting go of the power. Because your generation, Generation X, and you clued into this pretty quick and got a little jaded, was never handed the reins of power. Because this is a democracy and they were the biggest voting bloc. So they just kept everything. Mortgage prices kept going up when they owned houses. Oh, yeah. I kick myself for not having bought property long before I actually bought property. Um, I had opportunities and I made different decisions and I stayed a renter. And holy fuck, I should have bought property. And I think we we see the same same things happening that I've seen, I'm going to say twice now. I've seen two, what I'm going to call, giant stair steps uh, of inflation, right? I, I don't know what else to call it. There's been, well, this will be the third time. So there's been two prior times. So the first time I had an opportunity to purchase property was in 2005. No, not 2005. 
1995. I was going to buy a house and uh, it, so I was already pre-approved first time buyer program, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I had to write a letter to the mortgage company because I had no credit. I didn't have bad credit. I had no credit at that time. I, and they were like, well, they don't want to give you the loan unless they, you write them a really nice letter about why you're going to be responsible and you know, blah, blah, blah. So I wrote them a, exactly what they wanted, right? And uh, the, the my mortgage broker, the, she read it. She was like, that's pretty fucking good. Like, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to get a loan here. You know, so I sucked up to them. I wrote this letter and I got the loan. And then uh, it was like, oh, if I don't get the specific piece of property I was trying to finance, then I'm going to move to Seattle. And I didn't get it. Somebody else gave a full price offer uh, and they had the, the seller had to take it. A full price offer on the property contractually. And so I was like, okay, that made my decision. Then I went to Seattle and did heavy metal for 20 years, right? But, so it was right before that that I remember seeing like a jump in prices and stuff, right? And I remember uh, some older people talking about the difference in their salaries and like, oh, yeah, well, I'm making 25 grand a year. And that was supposed to be bragging, right? And so then I get out to Seattle. And if you're making 25 grand a year in Seattle, then that's you're like, you're poor, right? Uh, but it was still relatively, like even for the area, it was relatively inexpensive. And then like 2008 rolled around. Right. Right. The banking crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. The bailouts. Right. And then all of a sudden everything was, you know, if you had a, a $250,000 house in Seattle, it's probably worth a million dollars right now. You know, I know a lot of places like 4 x their market value in the given area. Some even more. And it's one of those areas where, like, everything just, <laughs> I've seen it skyrocket, man. And so then I move here uh, in 2019, and I'm looking at the real estate market, and I'm like, oh, this looks really familiar, right? The, the way that the prices were and how they were going up and at what rate and the fact that people were freaking out about, like, 1200 bucks a month for rent when mm-hmm. I moved here. People were like, it's so high. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's so cheap. You have no idea. Like, I, and, and, like, I don't mean this to, like, slight people who are living here because their rent is cheap. Like, that's why I moved here. Like, one of the reasons, anyway. Right? Yeah. I figured I could take cost advantage of, of the cost of living, like, vicariously giving me a raise if my salary maintained like, the same Y'all month. live off in the fucking woods. Which means that you have decent prices in your low, low, low tax area. It's one of the, it's it's a a litmus test. Yeah. That okay, if you have like a an especially low tax, something is causing that. Right. And in this case, they just didn't bother updating with all of the the new fangled uh, tyranny machinery. And much to my joy. And surprise, right? You know, like oh, thank huh. fucking Christ! There's so, something that kind of, sort of resembles the, something. The boot is slightly further uh, up on my neck. Like gotcha. Thank like, you. Very nice. Yeah, like oh, I can kind of take a couple of the breaths now as yeah. I fucking choke out. And yeah, die. exactly. It's a kinder, gentler <sighs> state execution. Oh, I had so much to say, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so you were talking about uh, how moving out here, and it's like. 500 well you can so get a, well sorry that's I, my thought is like dude you can get it it's pretty easy to get a place for 500 a month or at least it was when, oh, I moved when you here. moved here yeah, yeah but not anymore yeah have you looked uh, no. It's like, no it's like yeah it's like mm, thousand bucks one bedroom you know that's kind of you might find something for less than that if I, you go to one of these complexes with i have the cardboard to brag walls. i pay my rent in crypto that's great for a decent price to someone that i'm happy like 
the thing about like handing Bitcoin over, I know it's going to go up for a fact. Yeah. So who am I enriching? Right. Like I feel a, a sense of accountability on who am I handing my crypto yeah. to? Yeah. Like who do I want to be a millionaire? Or at least have a, this much of a donation toward that? Yeah. Because it's real money. The the minute, not the minute, but one of the most striking examples that I can think of of when I realized just how how big cryptocurrency is going to be was uh, I, I was doing a thing with a band, a little charity show. You get together with musicians that aren't in your band and you put together some covers and you go and play a gig. In fact, this weekend is the anniversary of that. I think there's a thing going on now. Um, but... I nobody. It's a charity thing, right? It goes to benefit like the humane killing of or not killing of animals, the the shelter and the food bank, right? right. All, all the money, everything goes to them. So nobody gets paid, not even the door guy, right? The the bar actually, the, the bartenders get paid, right? And tips, right? Because they're serving everybody all night. But the musicians just show up, and it's their annual. It's like a Christmas gathering for unsigned musicians in the Seattle area. It, it, it's really this unique like sort of family of people who do music because it's important to them, not because they're getting paid to do it. Right. Right. Uh, not because it's their oh, yeah, career. Dude. Right. Uh, like, pl- no plenty does, of kick-ass musicians. By now. definition, no one does a charity gig for the money. Right. But no, I mean, these people are musicians, not for the money. They all have day jobs, right? They're not, you know, that's uh, not their career, but like they're lifetime musicians is what I'm talking about. At any rate, um, so to say thank you to the people who played with me the last time I played this show, this charity show, uh, I did one of them, you know, download the crypto thing, fill up the card or put the key on it. And, you know, here's your what, crypto tip or one of these websites mm-hmm. that you could, you know, print up some things. And I just cut the cards out and I'm like, here you go, guys. You know, this is, uh, you know, like 25 bucks in Bitcoin. Just right. My way of saying thanks for doing these gigs with me and you know, the charity thing. And they're like, oh, like they couldn't take them out of my hands fast enough. Like, sweet. and I was like, now these guys have all laughed at me about cryptocurrency previously. <laughs> right? it, it, at some point now, some of them in a brotherly oh. joking way, but others in like, ah, ha, 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 you think you're internet money, but like, boy, it sure disappeared out of my fucking hands quick. Like, yeah, I'm one of those wizards that can run this shit. So here, have a wallet. I made it out of nothing. <laughs> So like and then I put actual labor into it. Then I move here and a couple of years go by and I think I even talked about it on an episode of Free Talk Live at some point. But I go and I look up, you know, what what's that worth now? And it was like 250 bucks. Right? So 25 bucks I gave them at some point turned into 250. Some of them sold it right away, some of them held on to it, sold it later, you know. But that's when I knew, right? Because here's some people who laughed at the notion who greedily <laughs> snatched them out of I was like damn like it was just a, you know like four coupons right and I was like here guys I got you each $25 a bitcoin right like it was gone after I said bit, you know it was that they were like fuck snatching I'm like oh yeah so it's like throwing quarters to children in front of the vending machine <laughs> you you cannot get uh you, you cannot swap and, and buy yourself some crypto without paying uh, a fee through any corporation that's willing to offer it. And they will make you pay through the nose. Mm-hmm. Like 15% kind of uh, standard. Yeah. 10%, yeah. 5%, wow, where? 
It is kind of a problem. I know we talked a bit last uh, episode of Beard Talk Live. I had this idea that, like, could you build an exchange system into the blockchain that, you know, uh, we'll call it an industry standard, right? Kind of like, what's the the thing that gets stamped UL, United Laboratories, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the industry all got together and said, yep, we all agree to this. We all agree to have this thing built into our blockchains that allows, you know, uh, exchange of this cryptocurrency for this cryptocurrency for its current uh, average market value uh, at a zero cost or a very low cost, right? And everybody just builds that into their blockchains from now on. Hmm. Now you've got an industry standard that everybody can live up to, everybody can implement because it's shared code across every blockchain that exists, and it eliminates the exchanges. Because that's the real problem right now with cryptocurrency is the exchanges, Right, we've got a bottleneck, classic fucking bottleneck. More cryptocurrency wants to move than is currently being allowed to. Yeah, problem is DeFi is neither decentralized nor finance. Mm, it will be very soon. <laughs> yes, I mean, and I mean that. Yes, in, indeed. In that cryptocurrency is coming to eat it alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to your analogy of like. What's been sort of the hammer bashing against cryptocurrency? It's been the exchanges. Yeah. The exchanges have been attacking cryptocurrency by trying to facilitate moving Federal Reserve money. It's like, oh, money. We do this with money. It's like, you don't get it. The whole point is that we don't have a stock market. No, we trade as individuals. Right. As people. We just all trade. Right. Uh, I've had this happen to me a number of times living here. Um, I'll agree to sell a used item to a friend or something, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. You got uh, Monero? Oh, yeah, sure. I got Monero. What do you want? Oh, I don't know. You got BCH? Yeah, I got BCH. Right? Like, it's become a common practice, at least for me, to bump into people and then ask me my choice of cryptocurrency. Well, I'm pretty sure that's unique in the United States. Like, I don't think you're going to get that outside of New Hampshire. Well, and that's part of the fun. It's part of the trap, actually, is you're going to try and do the stock exchange thing here. It's not going to work because you can't be free. Well, no, that's and the whole reason that, that you had this centralized system that someone could charge an interest rate so that you could find each other is because we had to have someone verify. And we don't need anyone to ever verify ever again. So what's the easiest way for someone selling cryptocurrency to advertise that without incurring the wrath of, you know, some sort of a federal agency? Um, so you go on an encrypted that's, chat. That's kind of the hole in the market right so now. So you know people and know people who know people and go on an encrypted chat and then they don't know what you're saying to each other. Right, and right. from time to time, you might be talking about cryptocurrency. <gasps> oh no, talking about talking. Free speech? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's get to know people. How do you trade it? Well, I mean, don't we all have a bit? Well, know someone who has already figured out how to get it. Because, yeah, they fuck with the on-ramps, not ramps. And there's all this nonsense going on. So avoid it with people. So there's a uh, segue. Uh, there's something else that I, I've brought up before. 
And I just want to talk about it again because oh, it hasn't uh, quick changed. plug, mm-hmm. uh, uh, freedom cells. Uh, I've heard oh, great yeah, things yeah. about that being one of those ways that people who aren't in New Hampshire, which that's really the solution for me. Just come to New Hampshire. No people around that are yeah. aware of what the fuck this thing is. I I agree. Uh, I live in the future. I'm privileged. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm thankful. That, that I am here doing this right now, that I'm able to speak into this microphone and that you're able to hear me, those of you who are listening, uh, because I do live in the future. The shit doesn't happen anywhere else you know, outside of New Hampshire. If it does, uh, well, we're certainly leaps and bounds of in, in front of the game Well, as a community. So this is the, the biggest node, right? right. I mean, it's, yes. it, it's a network. And this is the biggest physical Actually, node of the value network. Right, technically, but it goes New Hampshire, throughout the earth. New Hampshire is something else. We, we've talked about uh, proof of work. We've talked about proof of stake. We talked about proof of violence. New Hampshire is proof of concept. Mm. Right. That yes, even here in the United States, with the behemoth of government that exists, right, with the the you know the the raids, with all the other bullshit that activists have had to Holy put up shit, with. That is a white pill. Right. Uh, New Hampshire is proof of concept. There are still businesses here who accept cryptocurrency and goldbacks and, you know, all sorts of other things, right? New Hampshire is proof of concept. There, I can go have dinner and pay for it in cryptocurrency, period. No, that's a great perspective because I, I get bogged down about the fact that, like, America has become this unbearable police state. New Hampshire is, like, could be looked at in a way as, like, the proof of concept of a free market. Yeah. <laughs> and a free market right. even in the middle of a prison state like America. If you want to think about it in terms of software, uh, it's 1.0, right? Nobody gets the 1.0. Everybody waits until, you know, you've gone through the, or no, maybe they get the 1.0, but nobody gets the point zeros, right? We're at probably point zero five or something right now if this is software revisions, right? And we're just the proof of concept. That's all we are. But, we know that things can very easily be replicated. So once something takes off within the technology, we've talked about how it seeps into all the different markets and all that kind of thing. Once something sort of hits and is like, oh, we can do that. Oh, sweet. Like it drives a, a whole wave of like innovation towards that thing because a thing has been found that works. And so the continued spread of this technology is only going to increase as it finds more ways to connect people to each other and exchanging value in ways that they've never even considered before. Heavy, I know. Yeah. Uh, I want to mention, I've mentioned this before, every three seconds in the United States, someone is arrested. I don't know how, like how many seconds are in a three-hour radio program? Like how many people got arrested during this show? Every three seconds. I'm I'm not gonna do the math. You do the math. That's that's a black pill right there. <laughs> well, and no, that's the same white pill again. Yeah. So that that is where we're building New Hampshire. Like it is such a police state that like our government is so unruly, we legitimately suspect that they might launch nukes. Yeah, and they're not the no only one. No human being wants us to, like, life itself does not want us to nuke anywhere. Right. Like, that's the whole point. Like, this does not go away for thousands of years. Yep. You don't take that resource from future generations. 
That is how unruly our state is. It's true. It's a fact. And even here, you can do this. What do you mean? Like, even here, you can make a Bitcoin capital of a, a region. Mm. Like, you can create communities that speak to each other. And among their speech is this thing that actually guarantees truth. I like, would, there is a mathematical guarantee this has the most work in it. That's true. Uh, Bitcoin specifically and all the other cryptocurrencies that, you know, uh, are, you know, have proven, proven themselves worth something certainly fit that criteria. And to be able to add that language to your speech. Yeah. I, uh, I always get upset at uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Did you watch that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, because uh, uh, the Ferengi. Phenomenal. Oh, you're going to talk about my favorite scene. Uh, I don't I don't know. All, all I know is that they seem to me to be uh, the most um, free market uh, entrepreneurs, but mm -hmm. they made them the most like, you know, hideous cruds. Yeah. To, Star Trek is to, communism to, to ever. You it know. was originally designed as communism, which at the time was pretty fucking relevant because they're I, like, hey, we can get along with commies. It's think, fine. We don't need to nuke each other. I think they See, just we can have Chekhov right there. It'll I think they just figured out value. And so, like, I mean, think about that with cryptocurrency. The Star Trek future is possible without the communism. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> only possible without the communism. Okay, but like, well, my, so, my point no, no, is no. that actually, I want to bring up some. I want to bring up some tinfoil shit here for a uh -oh. second. Okay, so a lot of people imagine, oh well, what if there's this hat. space emperor that or uh, empire that we end up dealing with? They're just gonna come and take all our fucking resources, maybe genocide us. And it's like, you don't get it. That's us. That's you, what we do. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the thing. It's too inefficient. Yeah. When you have the kind of organization that wastes resources like that. Yeah. It's too inefficient to travel from star to star. Right. The distance is too far. You are completely disconnected from everything if you do that. Yep. You have to innovate, and there's only one path to innovation. It's you quit strangling it. Yeah, cooperation. Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't get a plant to and, grow by pulling it up. And well, it's it's two things. It's cooperation and motivation, incentive. Right? Uh when people rush to the next thing, is when innovation happens, right? L like, literally, that's when innovation happens, when people are like, oh, wow. Like, new industries are started every time somebody invents something new, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, name an industry, and, like, you know, it didn't exist at some point. And so right. when that industry is new, it spawns a whole bunch of other sub-industries in and around it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing with cryptocurrency. Yeah. The, the number of cryptocurrency companies really hasn't gone down. In fact, it's probably increased even among the Bankman fraud fucking fiasco, the FTX fiasco. Mm -hmm. Well, so part of why this hockey sticks so hard is all of the things that it destroys happen all at once. Mm. And they're the most powerful forces. So like every new technology has this thing where the, uh, the existing structure in that niche mm -hmm. is uh, is at the best benefit for things to stay as they are. So a drastically new technology benefits those furthest away from that way of doing things the most. Okay. 
Now, since this is a new technology in money, mm-hmm. and money is one half of every transaction, then it's that for everything. So this whole thing that we've been doing, bye, good riddance, because right. this is a new technology. So it's going, you know what's going to explode? Africa. Yes. Like, Holy yes. shit, the dude. unbanked, the however, however many million. Like Wakanda is real, dude. Uh, is it? Is it tens of millions, hundreds of millions? I I don't know, but there is there is a shit ton of people who are unbanked mm-hmm. currently. And guess what? The path of least resistance is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. Oh, we've suddenly developed a Federal Reserve banking system of our. No, they're all going to have solar-powered cell phone towers and androids and iPhones in their hands with crypto fucking currency wallets. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that uh, so you talk about the user interface, yeah. But th- the fact is that there's also some some process level stuff that the technology just doesn't exist yet either yeah so like that's why all of these exchanges exist at all we just haven't built the back end where our money finds each other and and does the thing where they find each other for the lowest amount of finding energy that it takes right right like, like least, least cost routing we talked yeah, about like that. it's it's obvious to, it's obvious software but it hasn't been written yet because it's it's sweat equity that just hasn't been poured into the back end yet so as these things develop the people who I have the the people on the flip phone are the ones who will get the most drastic increase. I uh, I I would like to see one of these exchange companies uh, actually. Uh, f- mm, I don't want to say forbid uh, on their platform. Uh, they never keep your keys. That is to say that I can log into you know the Peakless Exchange and I can go. Uh, you know, I got a hundred bucks of this. I want to trade it for a hundred bucks of that. How much does it cost me? Oh, it cost me that much. Okay, make the trade. And then the trade is made uh, and they do not keep your keys. Like maybe they got to keep your keys for the five seconds or five minutes, depending on how the blockchain is acting and what coin you're trying to do. But while that transaction is going, but once the transaction is complete, they refuse to keep it. You must put it on uh, an external storage source, Hmm. right? I would like to see that because then they're making their money not by keeping your cryptocurrency and like loaning it out nefariously so they don't have enough should there be a run and they you want to well, you know all that kind of thing. There's an easy peasy way like, of signing. They're something. still making money. They're still taking a cut of the transaction. They're just not playing around with the billions of dollars of your money. Well, there's an easy peasy way of uh, signing a transaction without actually spending any crypto, and that'll be proof that here, yes, I have this collateral. And if you need to, uh, depending on what the market requires, you can just lock that into a software contract of like, okay, I'm not allowed to sell this to someone else while we're doing this. Somebody needs to invent a decentralized exchange with an on-ramp from a Federal Reserve currency. And it should not be prejudice against which federal reserve i'm talking about all government currencies mm. like there there needs a there needs to be a decentralized exchange that somehow transduces all existing uh, fiat currencies That's into true. cryptocurrency I mean, it, it's exceedingly difficult and sparse to do that from what i've seen like okay maybe there's a crypto for this currency that pegs to this maybe there's one for this but it's uh, it's so terribly easy yeah 
So I had a point. And, well, and, and no, so so the thing is that you're identifying exactly what's going to what's going to fall into this black hole. So like one of the the biggest dynamics of the politics of uh, of like so the European Union versus the United States for example yeah. a huge part of their thing is like okay well the ECB the uh, sorry acronyms are awful uh the European Central Bank yep. props up their power to spend money because they facilitate this uh all these uh markets across the world right and that allows them to pull some of the the uh, value mm-hmm. from the Federal Reserve note. So right. as soon as this technology you're describing exists, and it's bound to soon, uh, because it's valuable, it's possible, yeah. and it's profitable, uh, as soon as that happens, it's going to completely collapse the European Central Bank. Well, and that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is... Uh, the analogy I've always had in my head was that uh, Bitcoin is a vacuum. It's a vacuum cleaner, right? It's not It's not a vacuum in the classic sense of like the space vacuum. I mean in that it is built to clean up, right? It is going to vacuum up all oh, yeah. of the government's fiat currencies, all the central bank's currencies. It's going to vacuum all of them up. Now, it will stop vacuuming at some point. And I don't know what to call this tipping point, but... Let's just say somebody invented a way to do that that doesn't care what what the denomination is, what kind of currency it is, right? But it can exchange uh, fiat into crypto, no problem. And so all of a sudden, here's a rush of people trying to exchange their fiat into crypto, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point, cryptocurrency- The Wiley Coyote moment. There will be a a flippening, I guess, if you will. There'll be a moment- When Wiley Coyote looks down and waves a sign. Right, when when the vacuum cleaner just turns off- and doesn't vacuum up any more fiat currency because fiat currency is worthless. Right. So there's going to be a bunch of leftover, like straggling, you know, money sort of floating down that was on its way to get vacuumed up by cryptocurrency, but because it no longer has any value, and this is the the tipping point that I'm that I'm referring to. At some point, that vacuum cleaner will get to a point where the fiat currencies are no longer worth anything, and so the vacuum cleaner's like, I got to be smart. We're not taking any more of this funny money, mm-hmm. right? And now. The funny money is yeah. worthless. There will come a time. And real money takes over. There will come a time when the banks are kicked off of the really decentralized, really finance right. system. And just like any other crypto gets kicked off of a centralized on and off ramp. Yeah. When they're like, yeah, sorry, uh, you're you're too little. We don't think that you'll ever recover. And we're not getting that that's sense from a, anyone. That's so. kind of a good analogy. Uh, the... The difference between uh, analog telephones, right, which is sound running over copper wire, versus digital telephones, which is mostly what we have today, that's sound running you know, through an A to D converter, traveling as information and being decoded on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the banks are trying to do, right? So when the internet first came out, you had to get these weird CDs. You had to plug your phone line into your computer, and you had to like, you know, create an account, and username and password, all that stuff. That's real super easy for everybody to do now. Um, and you had to run the internet over the existing very narrow bandwidth phone lines, the copper lines. You couldn't. You could only get so much data. Well, as soon as those lines turned to fiber optics, we're talking digital. All of a sudden, the you know, we had a bottleneck. All of a sudden, the bottleneck opened. And right now, that's what banks are trying to do. Banks are trying to say, oh, the financial system ran over us, right? 
the, the central banks, uh, and we are the analog version of that, even though we have some digital tools that we use. Uh, but you know, now we're going to try and be uh, the next thing that comes along because the financial system always has to run over us. It's the way it's always been. It always has to be that way. Well, no, Bitcoin comes along and says, oh, no, we're the digital version of you, and you're not even necessary. Imagine if the Internet said to uh, the phone companies, uh, we don't need you at all. <laughs> we're laying down our own network. Oh, we're wireless, right? You know, we could transmit through the, you know, just touching a wire to the sky somehow like, you know, Nikola Tesla said we could do with uh, electricity. Right. Right. Um, you know, and, and just said, sorry, phone company, you're out, you're fucked. That's, that's the banks think they're the phone company and the banks think that, oh, well, the old ways were analog and now we're just moving into a digital world. And that's right. why they, that's why they think that they can like release a central bank digital currency. Right. And like, oh, you're, you're just like, then, okay, we can do that. And, and then everything. And that, that's why they're in bed with the exchanges and they're trying to securitize cryptocurrency and make it into a product that they can put on their, you know, stock exchanges and all that shit. And, like, what they don't realize is that they're not even fucking necessary. <laughs> Everything that, that a bank does, Bitcoin can do, mm-hmm. right? It, a lot of it hasn't been developed yet, but the capability exists. Mm-hmm. Every type of transfer you could ever want to do in your life can be done, and in a fraction of the time, at almost zero cost by way of comparison. So while the banks are busy, you know, figuring out, you know, they're blowing each other. Oh, 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 look at our advanced technology. We're coming up with it. It's like, no, you're, you're obsolete. You should quit your fucking job now and go find something useful to do with your time because uh, banking is not going to be one of those in the very near future. So I predict my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. And right now we're going through the value proposition. And that's why, like, I, I finally got it, and uh, shout out to Cyprian for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally got it. Oh, people want an anal retentive banker. Because, <laughs> no, if you look at BTC, yeah. like, uh, they, they've done visualizations of, like, uh, billiard balls trying to go through a, a, a tube. Right, yeah. And it's 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 constipated. It's a series of tubes. Sorry, I just had to get that Well. Down. That it can be visualized as, okay, here's your input transaction, here's when it actually gets added, yeah. and here's how many you have uh, that aren't added to that blockchain. And it's like, oh, it's it's a, a clogged drain. Yes, bottleneck. Yeah, huh? it's it's literally anal retentive. And it, it, it blows my mind to be like, you don't want it to be spendable? Yeah. Why do you yeah. not want it to be spendable? Yeah, you know. Oh, you want an anal retentive banker. <laughs> right now, you're still unsure that it has value, that it can right, do right. So, its very perfect mathematical purpose. So cryptocurrency world, I'm, I'm talking to you. Uh, if you're trying to develop a, a wallet or a user interface that's uh, you know, multi-coins uh, that everybody can use and you know have custody, but do it in a user-friendly way, I, I beg you to invent the... Uh, you remember the paperclip from Microsoft, the helpy mm-hmm. guy? That, but it's like it's more like Ask Jeeves now, and so it's like this little detective-looking guy, and he can be the actual anal retentive banker for your cryptocurrency, and you have now won the market. Well, on behalf <laughs> of people who could theoretically be programming that, fuck you, pay me. Well, yeah, I'm just putting ideas out there. Well, and man. and so that's the thing, they're tightening their system. It, 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 okay, imagine running your car. As fast as it can possibly go. Eventually, something is going to fuck up. Yeah. Like, your engine will crack or yeah. something. Yeah. That's what's happening now. 
Like their system cannot handle a rising yeah. interest rate. The entire thing is built on 0% interest. What are you doing? <laughs> Everybody gets all uh, super uptight about cryptocurrency too. And I'm just like, it's, it's math. Yeah. When, when you go to the grocery store, do you look at the prices of stuff and decide, you know, what's of more value or less value to you or which one? Oh, I should buy that because it's this much less than it was last week or it's on sale or whatever. I usually get this kind, but I'll try this kind because it's a little, you know, oh, uh, yeah, I've got some extra money. I'll buy this one. It looks a little better. You know, how do you decide what you like, what, mm-hmm. you, what your preferences are? You got to try a bunch of things. So right. it gives the opportunity for you to do that without having to go through a third party that is controlled by an organization of violence. Right. Well, and more than that, by any third party. Yeah. Like, and not it's just even. Math. It's just math. Not That's even all it do is. you not have to trust the tyrant to do it. You don't even have to trust the benevolent king to do it. Right. You, you just don't have to trust anyone to do it. If people just demanded everybody to begin accepting cryptocurrency, right? If it were truly a grassroots movement and everybody got together, you know, one day. And, and we're like, hey, you know what? Uh, as of today, I'm only taking cryptocurrency. Well, here's a perfect example. And I am its beneficiary. I get a discount for giving crypto instead of dollars. Just that simple. Or how about, uh, I remember uh, in the Seattle area before marijuana was recreationally legalized, and even before it was medicinally legalized, um, they had this thing called Hemp Fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, once a year, everybody would... You basically break the law, smoke weed outside at a concert, right? And a whole bunch of vendors would show up and sell all sorts of things, bongs and T-shirts and lines of tigers and bears online. There'd be bands, local bands, rock bands, national bands would come through from time to time. So I'm wondering if, like, how do we organize a global Bitcoin day, right? I, I'm no good at organizing these things. So, again, I'm an idea guy. I'm just throwing these things out there. But something like a day where everybody in the world who is – into cryptocurrency decides today I'm only spending cryptocurrency. Right. Or accepting cryptocurrency. More importantly, actually, I think is the accepting of the cryptocurrency. You have to be willing to take it for whatever it is your business is. Uh, and if you're not you know, able to do so, take a day off and conduct some business that you only conduct in Bitcoin, you know, or cryptocurrency of your choice. I don't even care that it's, you know, Bitcoin or not, right? The brand well, is not important. Hey, I suggested it uh, in time. This Cyber Monday, do a little bit of crypto. Yeah. And as it becomes more popular, because they see it's not going away. Well, Cyber Monday's over already. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. But no, I, I announced that. You did that, suggest but, last yeah. week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were re-suggesting I'm just saying, year upon year, pick a different date. Uh, we've got our own special holidays. Pizza Day is one of my favorites. I do or love, Halloween. Oh, pizza Day would be a good day for it. it really like, would. Halloween is White Paper Day. It really would. Um, we are out of time. I I have something I want to take us out with. Uh, did you have any final thoughts? Mm. You good? Okay. I say thanks to our listeners uh, and our callers. Thanks to Mr. Mark Edge for joining us for a period of time. Thanks to Absolutely. you people. I've enjoyed this. Um, I went and saw these guys in concert recently. Uh, this is Municipal Waste. The track is called The Thrashing of the Christ. Thank <laughs> you.